Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get nasty on a Tuesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. 202, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Got a good show for you planned today. Kind of a slower local day, Jamie, but we will get into some of the blues as they host the Red Wings, the hated Red Wings tonight. Are they still hated? I I can't. Like, I don't know. Like, I I know in the 90s they were hated for sure, Sure. early 2000s, but... Once they change conferences and left the division and all that stuff, like yeah. are they still hated? I think they're like a vintage hated for Blues fans. Like so you'll like, just always hate them. So if you have a 40-year-old Blues fan, they probably hate them. Yeah. If you have a 20-year-old Blues fan, they probably don't know the difference. 20. If you're a 20-year-old Blues fan, yeah. you, you probably hate them because you know you're supposed to hate them, but you actually hate the, the Avalanche more. Yeah. Mm. Marshy, how is or it? Or the how, Predators for more. For your age bracket, where do the Red Wings fall? I think right now it's like, who cares? But growing up, I definitely did not like the Red Wings. And at that time, I could care less about the Blackhawks because the Blackhawks were irrelevant, in my opinion, in the early 2000s. It wasn't until the 2010s and, you know, so and so forth when I started hating the Blackhawks. And then that that disdain for the Red Wings sort of went away. Much like what you said, it's because they switch conferences. Sure. And then the Avalanche, and when the Avalanche weren't good, I didn't care about the Avalanche. And now I don't like the Avalanche. Right. So I think it, it, it all it changes. It definitely changes. Like in baseball with the Cardinals for for a little bit, I I didn't like the Reds at all. Right. I don't care about the Reds. Like yeah, they're in the division. <laughs> yeah. But like they're it's the cycles. Reds. It's but cycles. You, but you always hate the you always hate the Cubs. Always I, hate the Cubs. Yeah. So it's like the vintage hate. You know you know you're gonna hate them. Mm-hmm. Regardless of how good they are or bad they are. Yes. But if the Reds are, like, because there's only one team that you're challenged, like the Cardinals have challenged in the NL Central. Right. It's been a crap division for 20 years plus. But the Reds have been, you know, the Reds had their time for a little mm-hmm. bit. The Brewers. The Brewers more lately. The Cubs in that 2016 window, mm-hmm. couple of years there. And in 2003 and sure. in those years. But it cycles through. And the for pop- sure. Well, the Pirates, boy, they're trying. Oh, Ish. Uh, yeah, 2013. Well, they 2013, know. they were they were good. I think they had uh, two years. They were they, yeah. 2015, they were I think they were good too. They sure. went to yeah. the, uh, the, cute the story. wild card game. Yeah, oh, cute wait, story. Though. The Pittsburgh Pirates. What place did they finish in last year? Fourth. Who was fifth? Your St. Louis Cardinals, and you know that, Jamie. Why would you bring that up like <laughs> that? You're talking about the Pirates not being competitive. Yeah, but come on. It's a one year compared to decades. It's not even close. I just, just sorting some things out it's here. It's like, that would be like the Jets saying, yeah, we're better than the Patriots. Okay, Jets. You're better this year. <laughs> Patriots are down, but. Or are they ever? Decades. We got to talk about that one day. The Patriots? Yeah. Being down. Where are they headed? Because Pat McAfee said something interesting the other day on TV to Robert Kraft. What did that sleeveless know-what say? Oh, I saw that. Flat out said, like, thank you for coming on here. I don't envy what you're going to have to be doing here in a couple of weeks. You know, I understand. We'll just keep it quiet. 
Basically, <laughs> I'm, para- that's I'm paraphrasing. Pretty, that's pretty slick. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but Marshy, basically yeah. alluding to the fact, like, we know you're going to have to fire Bill Belichick. We yeah. know this isn't going to be easy, you know? <laughs> But he <laughs> said it right to Robert Kraft. Kraft uh-huh. didn't say a thing either. He just kind of nodded his head and was like, mm. Crafty just sat veteran. there going like, huh. Yeah, he, he know, I mean, that's a pretty slick move by by uh, Pat McAfee. Yeah, he's saying what everyone's him, thinking. Just back him into a corner. That's a, okay, the Patriots what was are weird rebuilding. is he had Belichick on like two hours later because <laughs> they were he's playing got, Fox, bro. I'll, I'll give it to him. He's got some Wavos Rancheros. Well, why not? Yeah. Bill he's Belichick's got, not going to have him fired. No. But Anyways, the, I thought it was interesting. I think the Patriots are rebuilding. All right. Screw the Red Wings! There you go. Back <laughs> back on topic here. So it, it is official. Jacob Verona was placed on waivers by the Blues. Not surprising. What I wanted to talk to you, Jamie, two, two-part question here, I'll, I'll, but we'll, we'll go with part one. Ultimately, why didn't it work with Verona? And when somebody on the tax line, you can always reach out, 314-399-9646, the Air for tax line. We got some texts yesterday pushing back on some of the things you were saying about Verona. The overall consensus from the people that were pushing back was that the Blues really didn't give him a shot. Yeah, let's just give people the opportunity. Yeah, for no reason. There's no reason at all. And let's disregard the video that we're watching. Let's disregard um, the numbers that show how uncompetitive the individual is. Let's disregard the work ethic and practice or lack thereof. Let's also disregard teammates who don't want to play on the same line as him. Why? Because he's not competing, not winning battles, not working away from the puck. How much do we have to disregard in order to fit your narrative? That's all because and people act like Jacob Verana was freaking Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Well, they saw the goals to your point. They saw the goals a year ago. You know what he was, Anthony? and they can't erase it. He was a good player on a bad team last good. year. He, he was. was. He was a good scorer on a bad team. And yep. Craig Berube even said that. And, and you know what? Everybody was everybody was optimistic that he could repeat what he did in that small sample size last year to start the season he was put on a very good line he was put on the second power play all he had to do was go out there and play the way he can and he didn't like he just didn't guys go back and watch some of the games like the compete level mm-hmm. it's just not there go back and watch the practices i know you can't i mean there's a thing called live bar and you actually can go back and watch certain practices that happen but if you're not there and you don't see the habits day in and day out and the coaching day in and day out and then the lack of acknowledgement of the coaching meaning the player not responding day in and day out like how much can you actually take Mm -hmm. and at what point is the coaching staff inspired to say you know what I think he'd look good with Thomas and Buchnevich let's go baby (laughs) let's ride just give him a chance Mm -hmm. why would you right (laughs) because there's there's a uh, there's a domino effect that happens too if you do that with Verona why would the next guy bust his rear end Mm -hmm. and play it play the way Barubi wants him to if you're just if you're just going to give Verona top line minutes for not doing that. So why not give Kapanen? You know, like, yeah. all, why not give all these other guys, whoever else, why not just give guys opportunity? Mm-hmm. You have to earn it, man. Yep. And just because certain players, like, people always, well, look at Cairo. Like, Cairo has earned it. He has. He's had two seasons in a row at a point a game. Yeah. Like, is he is he not playing as good as he can offensively right now? 
maybe not. But he's still, like, he's earned the opportunity to play. He's a difference maker out there. Like, if you take Jacob Verona's shifts and you side-by-side them to Jordan Cairo's shifts, they look nothing alike. Mm-hmm. Jordan Cairo is not a perfect 200-foot player. He is a work in progress. But, man, when he skates and he competes, you can see it. And you've seen at least an acknowledgement of playing on the defensive side of the puck this year. There's been plenty of times where, guess what? I'm calling the games. I see it. The back check that disrupts a play. The back check that steals a puck. The back check that does something smart. Side by side with front. You know, you're not getting that. Right. It's not there. Well, from that that standpoint, you know what Jordan Kyrou's issue is to those fans. I won't say all Blues fans, but to those Blues fans, Kyrou will never win. And you know why, right? Oh, the narrative of him? Okay, so there's some Blues fans that put that will push back on the Kyrou thing, even like you said, comparing it to Verona. V- Jordan Kyrou will never win for one reason. Well, the contract. Correct. Oh, yeah, the $8 million. Correct. Even though he's had a point of game for two straight years. If he's not a Hall of Famer, shouldn't be making 8 mil. Well, if he was a Hall of Famer, he'd be making 14 mil. Just this, saying. But this is... Let's, if we're going to do it, let's look real good. Let's look at Cap Friendly. Go find the Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers around mm-hmm. the league. Go see what they're making. Right. But that's... So this goes back to my that's what some fans, argument last year. Sure, but that's He's what some fans say. 6.5 looks pretty damn good now, don't it? It certainly does, but we're not going to talk about that because he's playing well. Yeah, well, it's no fun to, to do that. Correct. We circ- let's circle back when he's not playing well. You get a little bit a little bit of a rough stretch, and we bring up the contract again. The other the other aspect, we'll get for, to the Verona news, we'll get into a little bit later because you got some moving pieces here. So I want to I get into the Blues the, the, the lineup, the new look, Buchnevich going back to center. But we'll we'll save that for a little bit. Uh, there's a texture that somebody has a great memory. Uh, and hats off to one of our listeners who listens this closely and remembers stuff. From the 636, this texture says, The very day he was acquired, Rivers said, I don't want to sewer the guy, but I've talked to people and this may not work. The guy failed with Stevie Y, Doug Armstrong, and whoever else was in Washington. Some guys just don't have it for whatever reason. There you go. Great text. Appreciate you. Not a fit, ultimately. No. Moving on. But again, we'll, we'll talk about Buchnevich going back to center and some of the some of the line adjustments that may or may not uh, occur here as Jacob Verano is placed on waivers. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. 212, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. In the wake of this Shohei Otani contract and how things break down, there is something that Major League Baseball absolutely needs and has needed it for a long time. I think it's even more so now. This next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This is a dream contract for the Dodgers, an absolute dream contract. It's 700 on paper. Otani will get 700 million when it's all said and done. But the present day value of the contract is a fraction of that. And so they can go out and spend more money on players, bring in even more of a championship caliber team around Otani than they already have. And, you know, it seems like everyone here is happy. That's MLB Insider from ESPN, Jeff Passan. Yeah, everybody's happy for the Dodgers, man. 
I don't know how to have this conversation without sounding like I'm whining, so I'll just go ahead and go say, ahead yeah, whine. I'm probably fine. whining. Go ahead. You're fine. Baseball needs a, needs a cap and they need a floor. We'll never see it. We'll never see it because players are making too much money. The top-end guys are making a, a buttload of money, as evidence of the Shohei Otani $700 million deal. <laughs> Owners are making a buttload of money, and they want to be profitable. So that's why we won't see the floor. If you can spend and still make, if you don't have to spend and still make a bunch of money, well, owners they don't want that floor in place. Mm-hmm. And again, the players' union don't don't they don't want the cap because when a player can make seven hundred million, why would you want a cap? But from a fan standpoint, Jamie, how much fun is this upcoming baseball season going to be for non-Dodgers fans, especially if they sign Yamamoto, and they can with the way Otani structured this deal? Mm. How much fun is it going to be with the Dodgers, the Phillies, the Braves? If you're outside of those markets, Yankees. It's tough. It's it's almost uninspiring at times. Totally. It goes back to... It's a great word. It is, because you look at a team like a... Let's just take the Cincinnati Reds. We're very familiar with that roster. They've got a couple of young, up-and-coming stars. The Pirates, uh, what's his name? O'Neal Cruz. Mm -hmm. He, He was injured last year, but he's like... If you're a fan of either of those teams where you got some young, up-and-coming, like, hard-working players, there's no chance. Right. There's no chance. Like, you might beat them in the regular season. That's fine. Celebrate that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes time for playoffs, like, you're not beating them. 162 games. Yeah. It's a a marathon. You're going to lose. It becomes uninspiring for mid-market to low-market teams. Yeah. Which brings us back to, let's just just talk about the Cardinals for a second. The Cardinals are a mid-market team that generate real good revenue. They mm-hmm. do. They they outkick their coverage based on the fact that there's tremendous fans that love the Cardinals, not just in the Midwest, all over the place. I found out over the years here in the last two, three years, there are Cardinals fans literally everywhere. And so they benefit from that, but they're truly a mid-market team. So when you ask them to go sign a 200 or $300 million contract, like they feel it. Like they know, like he may have the money, the, DeWitt may have the money, but he's still going to feel it from a standpoint of you're not generating the same as the Dodgers or the Yankees or some of these other clubs. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes like, hey, let's hope we get in and we can get lucky. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not even piggybacking yesterday's conversation. It's just it's true. For any of these teams, even the Diamondbacks last year, that was, that was a, hey, let's hope we can keep going. The beginning of the season, who the hell are these guys? Then you're like, hey, maybe they can keep going. Hey, let's hope we can do it halfway through. Let's hope, let's hope they get in the playoffs. Like, oh, well, you never know, right? Mm. That ain't repeating itself. Remember me saying that. That's not repeating itself. So, that, I mean, it, it's not sustainable to hope. Right. Which is difficult then for a, a lot of the fan bases around Major League Baseball because you look at your roster and go, oh, wow, look at all these teams here with all the money and the superstars they've got, and we've got like two guys that we can hope over here. Right. I believe in baseball gods, Anthony. <laughs> I think that the baseball gods will will not shine their light on the Dodgers, at least this season, because Joey Otani can't pitch this year. So, right. you know, at least this year, I think it's a little bit better than what we might see in the future, especially when he does get back on the mound. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's a lot of other really good baseball teams. Let's not forget that the Atlanta Braves still exist. The yes. Phillies have been in the... NLCS two years in a row. 
They're still a good ball club. So there are other teams around the league that I do think can still compete with the Dodgers. Not like the Dodgers blew everybody away. And Otani's a great player, but he has not played in the postseason. We don't know how he'll fare in the postseason. I'm sure he'll do great, though, because he's Shohei Otani. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of moving factors, and there's a lot of... A lot of fan bases out there that should be excited about what their ball club has in store for them this upcoming summer. A lot, though. What's a lot? And is it is it even a quarter? Uh, is it a quarter? Of no. The, of the league. I'd say it's probably... you got 30 teams in Major League Baseball. That's so, 30, 30 different... I wouldn't say 30 different markets, because obviously you got New York with two teams and Chicago with two teams, but 30 fan bases yeah. in Major League Baseball. I think I can name six. You think six? Maybe. Which so Dodgers, yeah. Dodgers, Braves, well, other Phillies. The, other than Dodgers. No, I'm saying, is is it a qu- even a quarter of the league that you could honestly say matches up against oh, no. the Dodgers? No. I uh, think paper? there's maybe yeah. six teams. Right. Maybe six teams. The, the Astros, the Rangers, the Braves, Phillies. And that, that's probably it, right? So all the other teams that have oh maybe so maybe not six, <laughs> right? How high is the Braves payroll? It's got to be up there. Is it? I'm wondering because they kind of they tried to get ahead of it, lock up guys ahead of time. They did it smart. So I'm not saying they didn't spend money. They did, but they probably didn't spend market value of some of these guys in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Market value might be way higher than what they're paying right now. Mm-hmm. So 2024, they're fourth. Okay. I mean, it's up there. It's a projection, but they're fourth. They're 186 mil. I think there's a few other teams that you could say are excited about what they have, but they're not where the Braves are. They're not where the Phillies are. Like the Blue Jays, they have a solid ball club. Yeah. If they can put things together, the Yankees, like Yankee fans should be excited about Juan Soto, but there are still holes on those teams. Sure. So I think there's different tiers to to this conversation. Yeah, the, the Orioles, okay. The Orioles, so they, they won sure. 101 games. I, I'm not saying that you can't be competitive. But when you look at the the overwhelming majority of the league mm-hmm. not being in the same conversation as those other teams, and I'll include the Cardinals on that. But but the Cardinals aren't in the same boat. Those teams never were though. No, they never were. Which is and they never they never will be. So what's I, I've heard this this narrative since Otani signed about how baseball's in great shape. Don't tell me that baseball's not in great shape. The players are. The top end players are in great shape. The owners are in great shape. Top end, well, it is baseball is in great shape, Anthony. Profitability wise, is it is it in great shape from a fan standpoint? I would agree. You're right. There's two different things, but do the owners care? Absolutely not. Because even the lower market, the teams that don't spend get rewarded by not spending. Absolutely. Because the luxury tax money goes right to them. Yes. And we had the conversation yesterday about the Padres. You you kept bringing up the Padres, and you and I, Jamie, I think we're on the same page on this. They tried to shortcut the system. They tried to say, all right, as long as we get, if we spend, we make the big trades, we deplete the farm system, we get the top end players, we can we can swim in this pool. And it backfired on them. I was glad to see it. I hope it, it won't, but I hope it backfires on the Dodgers. I, I think there's an art to building a winning roster. Now we can talk about, and we will, the NFL and the parody. There's a lot of parody. Some would say it's bad football. Okay. But they're playing in different with different rules. You cannot do in the NFL what you can do in baseball if you're in one of those top markets. You have to draft well. You have to make good decisions. And if you don't, 
five-year window, you're probably, you're pro- you probably stink unless you can overcome it with skilled drafting. To me, that that is more interesting to watch, inspiring, to use Jamie's word, to flip it, inspiring to watch than going out mm-hmm. knowing you're in a big market and saying, we'll just bring in the top talent. And then the Dodgers circumvented everything with this contract. Uh, come on. In circumvented, Anthony. It's called being creative. Maybe oh. that is smart. So it's no different than... But I'd rather watch the smart the smart be on the field. Okay, so if let's say we go to a cap world. After you build. Let's say we go to a cap mm-hmm. world. In and, major, a, and a floor. And a floor. It's fine. Whatever you want. They're still going to circumvent it. Have you not watched the NHL since the salary cap has been involved? Do you know how many times they've had to change rules and tweak things because the GMs and some of the owners yeah. circumvent the rules? But but they're changing, right? It's ever changing, but it's it's all it does create more loopholes, more things. Like, I'm not saying it's a perfect system. It's not. And and again, it's not. We're not going to see. We're I not think there should see just be a luxury tax at a certain threshold, and have a floor. And, well, they got I, the... I say that for the players. So the players can continue to make as much money if a guy's worth it. Like, instead of a player being capped out on a team because the team just got no more cap space, mm-hmm. just can't do it, man. So the player has to suffer because the team has no cap space. Doesn't mean they don't have money. They don't have cap space. Right. So why don't we make it, because baseball will never agree to a cap world anyways, why don't we make it a luxury tax, high end, and a floor that's fair? So that now you, those teams on the bottom have to at least compete financially somewhat to get to the floor, and then players who are exceptional talents don't have to be hindered by a salary cap. Well, what is the? I think there might be kind of a soft floor right now, and it'll be no, make it a hard floor. Like you have to be at this mm-hmm. number, or you can't play next year. Yeah, <laughs> it would be best if it if it is a hard floor. I don't yes. know. I Help. just, I, Jamie, I go back to your word. I think you're right. It does help sometimes. Insp- uninspiring. This is un- uh, this is uninspiring. Uninspiring to look at what what's going on in baseball. It reminds me of uh, like the mid 2010 NBA. Like, yeah, it was exciting because we, I guess, because LeBron was going up against the Warriors, but we saw the same teams over and over and over right. again. I would almost argue. I know we kind of joked around yesterday about the end season tournament mm-hmm. being whatever it is, right? But I would argue that now the NBA is more exciting, at least in the playoffs, because of the parity that you see. Sure. I know nationally, hockey doesn't get recognized as as much as these other sports, but hockey has a ton of parity. Any team can win on any given night, and at the end of the day, you will have the better teams in the league, but then you have a team like the Florida Panthers who squeak their way in, right. make it to the, make to the Stanley Cup. Right now, there's some base, balance there. There's some balance, right? In baseball... And even in football, you said the parity, but in baseball, it seems like it's the same. It's the same four teams every year. Well, and that's the thing too, because somebody will push back and say, "Well, there's been a different winner X amount of years." Right. Sure. This year was what, different. But what what teams are constantly making the playoffs? Exactly. So they'll, they'll kind of they'll move, they'll move the goalpost a little bit on on you if you bring that up. They'll say, "Well, look, there's a different winner every year." Yeah, but if you go back and kind of look at the the playoff teams, mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of those those same teams in. Yes. In a short series. The nature of baseball will be if one team gets hot, yeah, you could have a different winner. I don't think that proves anything, though. I'll tell you what, though. One thing happened last night that proved Marshy's MVP candidate for the NFL. We'll tell you what that mm. is next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. 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 Heckman Lumber.
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Question three, Marsh. According to scientists, what is the most common name for a group of dolphins? Um, I don't know, smoke and mirrors. Two yards here to keep the dream game alive here. Tua in traffic. He'll be brought down in Tennessee. He's going to secure an incredible, improbable comeback victory and win for the road on the first time this year. So Marsh was way wow. ahead of it in he yesterday's was. gauntlet. He's a uh, a voyeur? No, that's not it. Clairvoyant. That's it. Vo- <laughs> <laughs> Clairvoyant I mean, would be. Both could be useful. Uh, yeah. Of course. Sure. Yeah, nice job, Marsh. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, clarifying, Marshy. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Smoke and mirrors on the Dolphins who lose to the Titans last night. Marsh, I thought you were you were accurate. Then, but you brought up last week. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the MVP. Should Dak be the MVP? And we had the conversation about Dak and and uh, Purdy. And you said, "What about Tyreek Hill?" And I said, "I got no problem with Tyreek Hill being mentioned in the MVP discussion." And then a day later, after I thought about more, no, Marsh is right. Tyreek Hill's the MVP. And what I saw last night will not alter my opinion. Now, if he misses several weeks because of the injury that he suffered in the first half last night. It's different because maybe he doesn't have the overall numbers when it's all said and done. Because you got to be healthy, too. But Tyreek Hill completely changes that offense. We knew it, but then we knew it before last night. But now we really saw it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa looked like a completely different quarterback without, without Tyreek Hill. Mike McDaniel looked like a slightly different play caller without Tua Tagovailoa, without uh, Tyreek Hill, excuse me. Tyreek Hill suffered the injury in the first half last night. Played a little bit toward the second half, but then when they needed just a field goal to win it, he was on the sidelines again. Now, maybe he went in for a couple of plays, but Tyreek Hill, absent in that offense, completely different offense. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, from a from a scheme standpoint, from a way you have to defend it standpoint. Is Tyreek the best receiver in the game? Yes. Like, is he, though? Like I know his numbers, I understand, but is he the best receiver? He's the he's the best game changer. Okay. Is he is he is he like the best, the, the most technically sound wide receiver? Like the complete package? I don't know. I think you make a uh, 
a case for Marsh's guy, Justin Jefferson, or Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. You can make those. But in so, terms of like keeping up a defensive coordinator yeah. up all night, hasn't slept in weeks, thinking about who, who he has to cover, it's Tyreek Hill. So that's what I was going to say. Treat me like a kindergartner here mm-hmm. and explain to me why. Because if I look at Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and I'm sure there's probably two or three other guys you could throw in the mix of like game breakers, yeah. difference makers. Why does Tyreek Hill keep defensive coordinators awake? You have to use, if you're smart, three three of your eleven guys, three of your three of your eleven defenders, to try to take Tyreek Hill out of a game. So that changes everything. So now you got one on one everywhere else. Yeah, you got one on one with Jalen Waddle. You got one on one with Braxton Berrios in the slot. And, and some of these, you're like, okay, whatever. But then you have to have your some of your linebackers or your safeties matched up with Raheem Mostert or Devon Achan in the back, and Achan's a handful. He's got a lot of speed, too. It creates these one-on-one matchups everywhere else. And then because of his speed and his agility, he, Tyreek Hill still gets open. And you have Tua, who's very accurate. So he can hit Tyreek Hill... You know, in a, in a window, a quick window, and Tyreek Hill can do the rest. But if you if you really want to slow him down, you have to bracket him. You have to have a corner on him. You have to have probably a linebacker underneath and a safety over top. So think about three defenders so out of your eight. You're so layering. Bracketing it. is layering, basically. Yes. Yes. Okay. There's probably a, there's probably well, there is. a similar uh, a similar well, yeah. similarity with the Blues geez, defensive can I say zone that word or not. The Blues defensive zone is supposed to be that three layers okay. before you can get to the net. Yeah. I I, I knew what you're saying. Thank you. I got you, man. I hacked up that word. Three and a half years, I got you. Thank you. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> Corner on him. Hip. Linebacker on him. Hip hop, hip hop, anonymous. Damn you! Always give him the easy ones. give him the easy ones. Safety over the top. Or you could take your chances, like Brandon Staley did, like Ron Rivera did. That worked. And you give up 200 yards and two touchdowns, and he just bang his head off the the goalpost, off the end zone post there, constantly, and you could lose by 40. He's a he's a complete difference maker. So without him, is he good? Is, is he good is he luck. got good hands? Yes, absolutely. Because he's got speed. He's got all this other yeah. stuff. And I just wonder what his reception percentage is. He's like, not the biggest guy. No, I'm just saying they just catchable balls. Like how many? Because everybody has it, right? You have that percent. I don't know what the mm-hmm. stat is. I'm sure you do, Anthony, of catchable balls that are missed. Yeah, like drop rate and all that yeah. stuff. I don't know what his number is, but I'm sure I'm sure it's good because like, he catches the ball a lot. In and around the line of scrimmage, and then in that intermediate game. What's his yak? He's got to have good yak. Oh, tremendous! Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't that's know what the actual number is. Yards after catch for sure. Yeah. Nice job there. Thank bro. you. Yeah, you got you got it, Jamie. Yeah, my guy. Well, there. there's some some producers that don't know, you know, certain abbreviations. Some like, producers don't know. You know, guys like are playing w- sports. PG, for instance. Who doesn't know that? Well, I'm not going to say any names. You kind of doesn't just, stand for wins per game. You kind of just brought it up. Rock you? No. No, okay. no. I, this is Sir Piddles <laughs> for sure. Oh, Jackson, Action oh, Jackson. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Because Rockio, Rockio takes a long. Like Rock wants to know. If every Rock didn't know that, thing. I think he'd cry. Yeah. Uh, by the <laughs> way, Tyreek. So Tyreek Hill. You know, it's a compliment, actually. He is. Yeah. He's uh, Rock is very smart. Um, yeah, I didn't say that. He is. He's a smart guy. <laughs> I didn't say that. 
<laughs> Jamie, you you had brought up uh, how good Tyreek Hill is. He he ran the wrong route and had the wrong like depth on the one throw that Tua made in Washington a couple yeah. a couple weeks ago, and everybody blamed Tua for a bad pass. And he adjust he ran the wrong route, adjusted midstream, and then caught it anyways. Like that's how good he is. He's incredible. Yeah. I don't doubt it. I'm not sitting here questioning it. Trust me. When I'm asking these questions, mm-hmm. it's not because I'm doubting it. Oh, sure. No, it's I just know. because now when I watch the games, I like to know what I'm watching. Yeah. Watch how they try to defend him. Overall, though, the Dolphins, not who we thought they were. Not without Tyreek. With Tyreek, they are. Without him, forget it. So if he misses, I don't know what, I don't know what the, the update is. We got Okay, so he's day-to-day right now. I'm looking at it right now. He's day-to-day, according to Mike McDaniel, with the, with the ankle injury. Is he, if he's absent or less than... Forget it. Dolphins aren't making a run. That's a tough loss. And, I mean, if you look at their game last night, though, they I feel like they did enough on offense to win that game. Their defense, though, oh, I thought their, at I thought the end their, of the day, was the one that let them down. Oh, I thought their offense stunk. Well, I mean, they still put up 20-plus points. Yeah, but if so, if you, if you, and I'm not, if you didn't watch, you didn't watch, but the the offense stalled out. They intercepted, they had a defensive touchdown. That was the first touchdown. Mm-hmm. Then they recovered Two fumbles. Yeah, one was, was a muff the, punt. Yes. And then one was a Will Levis fumble. Yeah, the pitch to Henry. Yeah. Now the the last drive, sure. Last drive was on their defense, but I, I thought I thought it was mostly their offense. They're mm-hmm. stalling out. Tua yeah, fair. Tua slipped on the on the way. It was like a third down. They settled for a bunch of field goals. He he slipped in on the fourth fourth down play. You gotta get that ball out. You can you you almost sensed it though. Oh yeah. He you sensed that he was not gonna make that throw. He starts looking at the rush. He start, and then all of a sudden he's sacked. That was I thought Tua looked like a different uh, a different beast there last night. Not great for the Dolphins. Bad look for them. They lose to the Titans. All right, it's fast on one hundred and one ESPN. The um, the Verona situation with him being placed on waivers. We talked about this at the start of the show. There, there's also some changes that are now made, including Buchnevich going to center. What does Jamie think about that? He'll tell us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jacob Verano was placed on waivers today by the Blues, and now the Blues, ahead of their game against the Red Wings, are going to make some adjustments to the lineup with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Salter's fast lane on 101 ESPN. What do you think of the think about the move of Booch going back to the center? We saw this a little bit last year, Jamie. Yeah, so, look, time will tell. Uh, you know, Craig Berube, obviously, and his coaching staff have put lots of thought into this, and I, I think I understand the thought process. You know, Pavel Buchnevich is a really good... 200-foot player, and he's so responsible defensively. He's very smart with the puck, and usually that means he can distribute to the left or to the right side coming up the ice. Like, the center iceman can help generate offense from the middle. And Pavel Buchnevich can do that. Where it gets a little... Not not interesting for me. Maybe interesting, that's probably the word. Where it gets interesting for me is you have not one true centerman on that line, and then you go to the third line and you have three true centermen. Mm-hmm. on one line. So I, I don't know what to think. We haven't seen it yet, so it's completely unfair to pass judgment. It's completely unfair to evaluate any of it. Talk to me a game or two from now once we've had a chance to see exactly what it looks like. But what do you think What do you think is, is the idea behind it? 
Well, the idea behind it is to create more offense. I think that the Thomas, Neighbors, and Buchnevich line has been spearheading, spearheading the offense here recently and not much else coming from other areas. I think what this does is with Pavel Buchnevich in the middle as a puck distributor, it helps with two guys who can really skate straight lines. Kapanen and Saad can both get up and down the wings mm-hmm. at a really good pace. And Buch is kind of a guy that can play all the areas of the ice. He moves the puck well. So that could potentially be another offensive line for the Blues generating off the rush even. Where we go third line, third line to me seems like a chip it in, go get it, and work the hell out of the other team down low. You got Shen, you got Hayes, you got Sunquist. Those are all big guys that possess the puck very well. Shen and Sunquist are very physical guys. Hayes, not so physical, but he's been getting to the front of the net an awful lot lately. So that seems like a third line grinding line that could potentially play against the other team's top line. Mm-hmm. So when you're at home and you have last change, maybe that's the line that's over the boards every time to make life difficult for them. All three guys pretty responsible defensively. Sonny and Shen, very responsible defensively. And then the fourth line, some energy guys, man. Hey, you guys want to play? Show me. Show me. Torpchenko, you know what you're going to get with him. It's not always a Picasso out there. It's not always great offensively, but you know what you're getting. Straight up and down the wing as fast as he possibly can. He's going to run run into anybody who gets in his way, and he's going to drive to the front of the net. Anything more than that's a bonus, quite honestly, but at least you know what you're getting out of him. And Sammy Blay back in the lineup, probably going to be a little hungry, probably not thrilled about missing a couple of games in a row. And he leads the team in hits. So I can imagine tonight's going to be a little bit of a hit parade out there. Torpchenko, Blay, and then McGing, who has a chance to go out there and continue to play in the NHL. A hungry, young player. He moves up and down the ice pretty well. He got to the front of the net. Had three scoring chances the other night in Chicago, which is great for a young guy to do that. So I see the overall thought process on it. I still, for me, I need to see what this looks like with the Booch line and the Shen line, ultimately, how long it stays together. If there's bumps in the road, do they do they swap, you know, Hayes and Shen? Do they put Bucci back on the wing? Like, how long does it take for this to mold into something different? Or does the current look of these four lines, is that what it stays like for the next three, four, five games because it's working? You know, it's interesting with Portuzo being traded and now Verona placed on waivers. You have talked about... Christmas being kind of one of those, okay, you better know who you are. Mm -hmm. This, to me, those two moves, is part of that process. We're trying to clear away some of the spots on our roster that we don't don't view for the second half. We don't view as necessary for the second half. Mm -hmm. So you you trade away Bortuzzo, you free up some some spots there and some cap space when it comes to the defense, or your defense, and then the Verona experiment, that being over with, now everybody can move on. So I think this impacts you from a roster standpoint, a clarity standpoint, and your locker room standpoint, based on some of the comments that have been made recently. Yeah, so look, let's let's separate the two. Let's make sure we separate the two here. I don't want to pair in Robert Bortuzzo and Jacob Verona. Not from a locker room standpoint. Correct. That's a roster A 100%. So that's why I want to make sure there's a hard line here because Robert Bortuzzo is a very beloved teammate, hard worker, scrappy, gritty, did anything the team ever needed. That trade was more of a Doug Armstrong recognizing that there's a team out there that needs a defenseman and helping a guy who's been a loyal soldier for a long time go to an organization that's going to play him. Mm -hmm. And Doug felt like he owed that to Robert, and Robert appreciated it. They're on good terms. It wasn't like this crazy thing. 
So that's one dynamic. But at the same time, you did open up a roster spot on defense. It's not ideal to carry eight defensemen all year long where you've got two guys that don't play on a nightly basis. Yeah. The Verona thing's a different situation. That had come to a head. A fork in the road, whatever you want to call it. It just... He was given an opportunity in the last two games to play against two teams that were the bottom of the league. Uh, he had opportunity to play with pretty good players. He wasn't put on the fourth line right away. He had an opportunity to play. He had an opportunity to play in the second power play. just didn't work. Mm-hmm. just didn't work. And it was starting to leak into other areas of the team. I don't mean other players, just other areas. So the locker room, you know, things like that, just like, it's not working. Yeah. So two separate things that happened around the same time have given you two roster spots now that you can work with. Yeah. You know, is there another young player that should, should and has earned the call-up? Uh, if Verona clears waivers, it's a I think it's one point one five million off the cap. Bortuzzo's nine hundred and fifty off the cap. So, is there a player out there that you can go acquire that you'd like to put in for that money? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Right? I, I have no idea. But you got some. It gives you a little bit of wiggle room. Flexibility gives you yeah some flexibility. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stolzer's fast line on one hundred and one ESPN pregame tonight, starting at five thirty, right here on one hundred and one ESPN. Your home of the Blues as the Blues take on the Detroit Red Wings. No, David Perron. David Perron's going to be out for a little bit. That guy's an animal. Yeah, he is. I don't blame him at all. Was it seven games as much as this? Six games. Six games? That's that's stupid. Too much? It's way too much. David Perron's cross-check to that guy, who, by the way, played again, finished the game, no concussion, nothing. Mm -hmm. It's a two-gamer at most, in, in, in my opinion. Not in my book. In my book, it's a double minor. (laughs) (laughs) You realize you're going to have to put on at least the 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 league colored glasses yeah, a, little a little bit. bit. Yeah. yeah, two games would have been fine. Six, that's successful. that's extreme. All right, it's fascinating. One on one ESPN. I mentioned yesterday that Jamie, you were kind of talk, you were you were asking me questions about if I'm so frustrated about uh, the Cardinals and the direction and all. And I started talking about the identity and how I would build the identity for the Cardinals, or at least what it would look like. And for me, it would be about elite run prevention. I wouldn't care necessarily about the balance. Maybe you do, though, as a Cardinals fan. Maybe you guys, Marsh and Jamie, you do. If you're if you're rebuilding the Cardinals' identity from a roster standpoint, how would that look? Leave us a mic drop. I'm fascinated to know what, what you think. This is more than just, this is who I'd sign, or I'd sign this guy, or I'd spend more money. No, what would you... What, what would you do when it comes to the identity of the Cardinals? How would it look to you? For me, elite run, run prevention. Top pitching... Sound defense, fundamental play. You know, it's not, you I just take all the things. Well, I'm sacrificing offense. So a lot of people would say no. He's got you. Got to have a an offense. Remember, 2019, you didn't have an offense, right? Like people would go back to that. Yeah. You notice that I didn't. I didn't mention offense. I realized that if you're going to allocate a lot of funds to to your pitching, you have to sacrifice in other areas. So what would you do if you're building? If you're rebuilding the identity for the Cardinals, leave us a mic drop. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three. 
303, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Hey, we have your chance right now to score a pair of tickets to see Def Leppard and Journey with Cheap Trick cheap trick ah, on July 6th at Bush Stadium. No kidding. Tickets for Def Leppard, Journey, and Cheap Trick at Bush go on sale this Friday, December 15th. You can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to that Def Leppard and Journey concert at 101ESPN.com or in your 101 mobile app. Plus, right now... You can win the tickets for free. Got to answer the trivia question correctly and be the 101st texter to 314-399-9646, which is our Air Comfort Service text line. Jamie earlier was trying to say that Marsh is clairvoyant. Instead, he called him something else. <laughs> what did he call Marsh? Again, if you know the answer and you're the 101st texter. Yeah, it might be right. To 314-399-9646. Yeah, that's true. Not in this context, but yeah, you might be true. Let's calm down now. If you know what Jamie called Marsh <laughs> when he was trying to say that Marsh was clairvoyant, you can win those those tickets. Guys, what what how would you rebuild the Cardinals identity if you were in charge of that? Spend money. Okay. <laughs> Not really identity. Why? I mean, I guess it could be. Hey, it's my identity. We're just spending. Just spend stupid money. Yeah. I said the Cardinals, not the Phillies. Oh, yeah, you're or good. Dodgers. You're right. What would that look like to you from a roster building standpoint? Um, I mean, <laughs> you have to go back to pitching. It's the one thing you can have offense, and you need some pop in your lineup for sure. You do because we saw a couple of years ago how not having any pop in your lineup struck no fear into other teams and ultimately didn't win you any games in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. So for me. I think the current roster, the way it's set as far as positional players, is just fine. I don't think you need to add a thing at all. But your pitching has to be locked down. I'm not just saying rotation because your rotation was part of the problem last year. Where it ended up being a big problem was when your rotation handed it off to the bullpen and the bullpen was equally as poor. Then it was really bad. Or maybe your rotation, your starter was good, handed it off to the next guy. He was okay. Then your closer was terrible. Mm-hmm. And you blew the game. So for me, it's I would fo- have a heavy emphasis on pitching. Pitching is obviously the number one but would you, solution okay. here. Yeah. But I, I think consistency. Consistency in your lineup. So where players know exactly what their roles are. Uh-huh. So then they can build confidence where they're not going up there and say they go 0 for 4 one day instead of thinking, oh, man, am I going to be in the lineup tomorrow? Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to get back out there, and I'm going to I'm gonna switch some things up, and I'm going to produce. Like I feel like that's what this team needs. I, I agree with that, but I'm, I'm asking you, Marsh, you're in charge of the identity of the Cardinals moving forward. You know you can't spend like the Dodgers, the Phillies, or won't spend because you won't make any money, you're not going to be profitable as an organization, and there's no guaranteeing of win of winning. Like yesterday, I said, I don't care. I don't care that they spend. I really don't. I don't care that they spend big. I, I want them to spend whatever money they do have allocated to the roster. I want that to be smart. And I want that to mostly be on pitching and defense. So maybe from a defensive standpoint, what you're saying is you can you have this stagnant lineup. Mm-hmm. Your defense can improve, assuming, of course, you have good defensive players. But for me, I'm willing to sacrifice not having the best offense – as long as I'm great in one area, and that great would be run prevention. 
you have to sacrifice at some point. Because if you have, here's what I think the Cardinals are doing. Why, why do you have to sacrifice? Why can't players be good at, at being good at d- defensively and offensively? Like Paul Goldschmidt. Well, Nolan no, Arenado. Be, okay, so you, but you picked the two the two top guys that are making the most money, right? But like two years ago, this team had like five Gold Glove winners. Yeah, you could pick Tommy Edmond. Um, you know, like yeah, Tyler O'Neill was a guy you could have picked back then. So I see what Marshy's saying. It is possible to have both. That they don't have to be all stars or making mega money. What I mean, sacrifice. I don't mean sacrifice from player standpoint. I mean sacrifice from a roster standpoint. So, for example, Marsh, it, based on what you just said, mm-hmm. you're good with the roster the way it is. Oh no, because it's balanced. It's I'm balanced. good with it. Marsh is. Uh, yeah, you're, I said I'm good with it too. From from a position, you're good with this roster the way it is. Positionally, yes. Positionally, yeah. Okay, but you can't pitch. Uh, but I just said I want pitching. Okay. But why do you have to sacrifice positional you asked a players? I told you it. to get pitching because if you if you if you put all your eggs in when the Cardinals, I'm not explaining this well. When the Cardinals decided to make a more concerted effort mm-hmm. to build an offense after 2019, they lose in the NLCS to the, to the Nationals. What happened? Yeah, they they drafted a bunch of positional players and they made most of their moves were were because of the offense, right? It was very reactionary yes. to what had just happened. Yes. And what happened? They lost all of their pitching. Correct. Yeah. So you're asking me why does it have to be the why does it have because you're not the Phillies, you're not the Dodgers, you're not going to sp- you're not going to be able to outspend your mistakes. You're the Cardinals. So you have to you really have to focus in on kind of one area or maybe the bottom of your roster isn't great. Maybe you have more balance when it comes to your pitching, but you get two guys Instead of five, maybe half your lineup is good, but you're this is this is what I'm saying. I would I would invest heavily scouting, developing trades. I would concentrate on loading up on pitching. And if it winds up being that my offense isn't isn't top 10, then so be it. But we you can't you can't spend outspend the Dodgers, you can't outspend the Phillies, you can't outspend the Braves. You're not going to be able to do that. So what's the pivot? I should have said it that way. What's the pivot? Instead of us complaining constantly that they're not spending enough, I'm trying to move on from that conversation and say, what would you, what would you well, do if you're well, the Cardinals? Then it is it is run prevention, and I think through that it comes that down sense? it comes down to fundamental baseball, which is what this team has has prided themselves on for years, and they've gotten away from that. A lot of our listeners will will text in and say they're not fundamental anymore. And that's right. why they don't have these gold glove winners anymore. I feel like they do have the weapons in the lineup. Last year they had trouble getting runners in scoring position and capitalizing on that. That's something that comes down to fundamentals. In ter- and I made jokes about it. Like, when was the last time they, they had a sacrifice fly, right? right? I think it comes down to little things like that. Mm-hmm. Where this team needs to be, they need to focus on the fundamentals because I believe they do have the talent to win. They just have lost because of they've lost the fundamentals. I think they've they they don't know who they are. Take the Guardians for example. If you looked up and down that roster, would you have would you be impressed with what the Guardians have? Say for Jose Ramirez, no. would you love what they have? No. So how did they win? Yeah, they played in a bad division. But they, they made some noise early in the playoffs last year. 
They know who they are. They pitched well, and they're they put the ball in play. They don't hit a lot of home runs, but the the ball is constantly in play. They do not strike out a ton. They'll take their walks. The ball will be in play. It's a clear identity. If you are going to beat us, you better play good defense. Because if you don't, ball's going to find holes and we're going to beat you. That's what I'm talking about. You know, so for you when you're saying, Marsh, when you say, why can't it, why can't we have a, a, a player that can do both? I, I'm with you in that. I, I'm not really talking about that aspect of it. But there's only a finite amount of resources if you're the Cardinals. If you want to make this pivot as an organization, go from what you were, which is run prevention, to we need a bunch of offense. Well, you're investing that pick in Jordan Walker. You're investing that pick in Mason Wynn. So that's why I'm saying you kind of got to, to me, if you're the Cardinals, you have to pick a lane. But if you disagree with that, send us a mic drop. You know, Marsh, Jamie, if you guys disagree with that, I think it's an interesting conversation that goes beyond just they don't spend. They're not going to spend like the Dodgers, guys. Well, they can't. They can't. We're not going to. Why do we? Why are we continuing to spend time on that? Like, what? How can the Cardinals compete with the rest of the league? The Cardinals have a ton of different problems. They do, and I think it starts with developing their players. Yes, which is something that they also completely lost sight of. Yeah. And Fred Bird being complacent, I think. He we got a little about complacent, a for sure. Mm-hmm. The effort Ooh. certainly wasn't there. What did he do? Oh, well, you, Marcia went over it. Oh, that's right. He did get demoted for the fella down we in Memphis. It. Yeah, we demoted him. We did. He, mm-hmm. he did. he wasn't bringing the same heat. Nope. We know. I mean, you bring the heat like you did during the pandemic, and then you just sit back and, and yeah. try to rest on you rest, your rest on laurels. laurels. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. of those t-shirt tosses. Oh, they were great. No. They're weak. Yep. Tommy John may be required. He had a bad wing. Ooh. He wasn't putting in the the off season time though. He didn't put in the time. Then no. he tried. He thought he could just get to spring training and hurl t shirts, mm-hmm. and he couldn't. No. no a, someone should call him out. It's embarrassing. We did. We did. We did. All right. This is kind of an interesting conversation. Uh, do you stick with the guy that the front office wants you to have as your starting quarterback, or do you take the guy that is completely won over the locker room? That's next on one on one ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So Tommy DeVito is becoming kind of a, a local legend for the Giants now. He led the comeback last night against against the Packers, put together that last drive. After the Packers had taken the lead late, DeVito and the Giants just needed a, a field goal to win it. DeVito gets them into field goal territory. Randy Bullock puts it through, and they upset the Packers last night at uh, MetLife Stadium. Now, if Saquon Barkley didn't fumble the ball, as the Giants are inching closer to the goal line, maybe there's no comeback needed. But nonetheless, Tommy DeVito has won over that locker room. You can tell. You can tell the way the, these his teammates react to him, his coaches react to him. So if you're the Giants, you paid D- Daniel Jones, foolishly, you paid him a bunch of money after one good year. He got hurt this year. And now Tommy DeVito has, has won your locker room. Guys want to play with him, play for him. What do you do if you're the Giants organization right now. Do you stick with the guy that you paid the money to, or do you roll with the guy that's won over the rest of the roster? 
Well, ultimately, you'd like to roll with the guy who won over the roster because he's a whole lot cheaper, too. Um, yeah, if you could ditch the Jones contract. Uh, where, where are you sending that? Right. Where are you sending that? We know, the out, we know the outcome to this story. Did you say Atlanta? What? Come on, Marsh. We know the outcome to this story. You have to follow the money on this one. Mm-hmm. And although Tommy DeVito has been great, uh, his numbers rival, and in fact, in some cases, exceed some of the top quarterbacks in the league here recently, uh, it's a tough situation because we've seen this happen before. Like, what about Arizona? While Kyler Murray was hurt, who did they have? Joshua Dobbs. Oh, but they, they told him he wasn't going anywhere, remember? Mm-hmm. You're not going anywhere. You're our guy. The guys love you. They're going to play for you. By the way, you're a Minnesota Viking. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck in Minnesota now. What yeah. happened there, Anthony? Yeah, Kyler Murray got healthy, came back. Okay, Taylor Heineke. He won over the job in mm-hmm. Washington, Washington, I believe. Yeah. I, ha- I forget who he... Jumped ahead of. I don't know if that was the Carson Wentz year. Maybe it was. It was actually Carson Wentz was such a jerk. They didn't like him, and then Heineke was there, and the players rallied around Heineke because they liked him so much more than they liked Carson Wentz. Might have been somebody else, but Wentz was not liked. To your point, Wentz was not liked. Whatever the case, I think I'm right on this one. But either way, Taylor Heineke was the guy. One over the locker room. Yeah. What happened to him? He's a backup quarterback again somewhere else. In Atlanta to Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Which that's a tough fall. So making good money. I'm just saying this is what happens. Mm-hmm. You're Gar- right. Gardner Minshew. He jumped in the one year Minshew magic, all this stuff, right? I know he's starting right now, but had it not been for injury, he was a backup quarterback on a different team right. again. Correct. So I think we understand we know where the ending is. And it's a shame because it it is money based. It is financial commitment that makes the decision for you. Uh, Jamie, you're absolutely right. Alex Smith was the guy, by the way. And Smith just got the, he suffered the injury. Oh. But he did. Taylor Heineke did. But I th- he was Heineke was there for Wentz, too. He was. So he was. Absolutely. So Wentz was the year, the year or two after. Yeah, so Taylor Heineke played against Brady in that playoff yeah. game. Right. But then a year or so after, when Carson Wentz came in, he was terrible per usual, sure. and then that's when Heineke took over again. Yes. It, it, to Jamie's point, though, it still it still goes to money and draft status, really, because Taylor Heineke, like you said, he, he actually played pretty well in that. He, he gave a really gritty performance against Tampa Bay mm-hmm. in that playoff game, and, they, and Washington still said, nah, we'll go with the guy the Eagles don't want. In Carson Wentz, or maybe the Colts at that point. I don't. I can't remember what Carson Wentz's journey was exactly, but to Jamie's point, you're right. You got to follow the money. You got to follow the draft status. Daniel Jones is being paid the and other a lot, th- a lot. The other thing too, Marsh. What happened? What happened with the the Vikings this last game? Well, I mean, you cursed that, them, that so co- they won. Well, I, mean, I gave them the top ten rate. You know, I still haven't heard a thank you from you. I put them in the. T- I put them in the top ten. Gritty performance in Vegas, hell of a defensive effort. They win, honoring that 10 spot that I gave them. I got so much flack and so much pushback, and the Vikings go ahead and win, and I still won't hear a thank you. And your Falcons lost. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to thank Again you. Again in the last second. You're, you're, trying to, you're trying to sewer my team right now. I am not. And, be, and against all odds, they overcame the curse. But you put a curse on Josh Dobbs, too, who can't throw a football <laughs> in the right spot. Uh-huh. We get Justin Jefferson back, and mm-hmm. he can only play a quarter and a half because Josh Dobbs is throwing the ball into the stratosphere. Quick question. Who's the Vikings' backup quarterback right now? Nick Mullins, who has pretty good numbers through uh, the amount of starts that he has. 
four minutes ago. Same as Andrew Luck, almost. Announced Minnesota Vikings via <laughs> Twitter X. Nick Mullins will start Saturday yeah. in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, baby. Heck yeah, that's my I top 10 team. I literally just pulled that up <laughs> as you're talking. Okay, so the point is, Joshua Dobbs, even they get they stuck with him. Kevin yes. O'Connell stuck with him, which I thought it was great. Kevin O'Connell's like, look, this guy saved our season. I want to give him another chance. Well, he almost blew it, too. but He almost blew it, but nonetheless, he saved the season. Mark Marsh, you were, you were so distraught. You're so distraught when Kirk Cousins went down. Man, he should be the MVP. Joshua Dobbs literally playing. steps off a plane. He meets his teammates. He rallies the Vikings against the Falcons, which everybody does that does that, but still impressive nonetheless, right? Even though he's like the 50th quarterback to do that in the last like three years. Nonetheless, still impressive. You're diminishing Saves the what season. He did. Save the season for you. It's a crap sandwich. But so the more he played, the more he got exposed. This is what's going to happen to DeVito, too. We can have the money conversation. Jamie, you're absolutely right. He's going to get exposed, though. Man. The more the backup plays, there. you said something yesterday, Jamie, about hockey. You said, the, if you listen if you listen hard enough, the league will tell you mm-hmm. what they think of a certain player. And I thought that was a great point. And if you really think about it from baseball standpoint, basketball standpoint, and football standpoint, same deal. They will tell you what they think of you. Joshua Dobbs is now on like his 10th team. He's not a full-time starter. He's he's a backup. Backups need to, you, you hope, break in case of emergency for one or two games, and then hopefully the starter comes back. In one or two games, Dobbs can play. The more he played, the more he got exposed. He's not unlike other backups. DeVito, the same thing's going to happen. This is a nice ride for him, but there's a reason why, I mean, he's still living at home with the folks and all that. What about Brock Purdy, though? Brock Purdy is a perfect fit for that system. And oh, he hasn't, stop. You, they, and you he can't hasn't play that played. Right he, okay, but it's a similar you, situation. Yesterday you said something totally the other direction. You you said, <laughs> hey, not a systems guy. And then to, no, he's he a is. systems quarterback. Every quarterback isn't a system. I've always said that. I said he's perfect for that system. I also said if he was drafted in the top five like Tua was, or six, he we'd be talking about him like we're talking about Tua. But because he's Mr. Irrelevant, we don't talk about him that way. So let's you say, stop, Jamie. Let's say, I don't think you gotta stick me that. on this. I don't think his parents call. Let's him. say Tommy Cutlets here. Of course not. He Tommy ends up Cutlets. Tommy Cutlets. He ends up going on a run. Probably not, just because the the NFC East is is a tough division here with the Cowboys and the Eagles mm-hmm. at the top of that. But you know, let's say they went out and they go nine and eight, make a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? You get, you open up the competition next year and say, hey, Daniel Jones. You're our guy. You're going to get your job back. But DeVito here, he's going to push you. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You you do not name DeVito the starter. And I don't think it's going to happen. You're, you're playing out the hypothetical on me. Right, I got you. for sure. DeVito's going to get exposed. DeVito's got a three-interception game coming. I'm telling you right Come now. On. I don't know what their schedule is. What What's the Giants? What if he does? Have you seen his agent? They're kissing each other. I, that's the whole family's kissing each other that, in the stands. That was a hired actor for sure. You think so? Oh, there's wasn't no the, way. Wasn't the wasn't the 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 agent? Can can you like <laughs> really? Like I know they're playing up the whole thing, but yeah. my God, yeah. the agent shows up wearing a 1930s like mobster outfit, <laughs> <laughs> fedora included and all. I gotta respect it though. Like, if the family's Tommy like Tommy Gun underneath the jacket. <laughs> type, like what are we doing here? Either he should be rooting on this guy. He's Italian. Okay, listen, I, I I respect my Italian uh, brethren here, but it still fact remains he's got a three interception game coming. Might not be against the Saints. They play the Falcons? No, no, they don't have the pleasure of beating the Falcons. Um, what does their schedule look like? They've got so they've got this weekend the Saints, 
And then they play the Eagles. Oof. And then they They're play really the Rams and the Eagles again. They get the Eagles twice. Saints, Eagles, Rams, Eagles. In the next three games, mm. he's got a three-interception game coming. Pick your poison. Whether that's Saints, Eagles, Rams, it's coming. I don't disagree. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, if he doesn't, then, I mean, hey, great, all the power to him. Right. Well, nevertheless, it's a good story. It is. It's I'll give a you fun that. ride. Absolutely. All right, it's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Major League Baseball, is it in great shape? We keep hearing that with Shohei Otani. Yeah, it's prof- yeah owners are profitable. Players are making a lot of money. Do you really like it from this standpoint? Or do you look at the NFL and say, yeah, this league's watered down. It's too much parity. How do you like your sports? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. How do you like your sports? You like your sports where you're a team that got a shot, might not have the best roster, but the league overall, like the NFL, is not top heavy? Or would you rather have it be Major League Baseball, where the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Phillies, the teams that spend the most, the Yankees, uh, Blue Jays are going to be in that mix too, Astros maybe. You, if you if you're a fan of one of those teams, yeah, you like it. You know that you're you're armed with enough spending capability and flexibility to be one of the top teams. But if you're a I don't know Cardinals fan, mid market fan, definitely if you're a Pirates fan or something like that, you're done. You don't even watch anymore. What would you rather have? Because the quality in baseball might be better than what the NFL has. Yeah, maybe. Because the NFL, yeah, 49ers are, are are the top team right now. They lost three games in a row at one point. Chiefs are not what they have been. The Bills are not what they have been. Even the Ravens, you and I like the Ravens a lot. Their defense didn't look that great on Sunday. So you get, the, you get kind of that unpredictability each and every week. But I think some fans would say, no, I want, I want, the, top, I want the top teams constantly. No, you don't. Not if you're not if you're not one of the, a fan of that team. If you're in week whatever we are now fifteen, and you're a Vikings fan at seven and six, you know you know you just watched some crap football last week, but your team won. You're still in it. How's it feel, Marsh? Feels pretty good. I want the games to matter to me. That's that's my take on this. I realize I'm not watching the the most quality football, the top quality football. I get that. I'm sacrificing that, though, knowing that each game, completely unpredictable. We think we have it figured out, right? Dolphins, easy one. Money line play against the Titans, right? If you're uh, fanduel.com slash fast. There we go. thought you were going to say something else. I should have. Give you more time. <laughs> they lose. Packers last night in the Tommy DeVito. John, mm. they Giants come back and went. You're glued. You're glued to the. You're glued to the screen. Yeah. You know, I fo- I, I'd rather have that. <clears throat> Football's not the only sport. Look at the NHL. Yeah. You have a couple of bottom feeders. 
I mean, it just happens. Like, sure. Not every team is going to be clicking all the time. Yeah, football, you get that. I mean, it's Panthers stink. cyclical to where you'll have a team that's going through a Hell. rebuild or a whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? It just it is what it is. But for the most part, like the last handful of years, the NHL coming down to the last three weeks of the season, you don't necessarily know who's got a locked up playoff spot when it comes to the wild cards. Yeah. Some of the division guys, like Boston had it locked up at Christmas last year, okay? It's rare, but they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the NF, the NHL rather has also figured out the parity thing. And even though teams have a higher end salary or, or some higher end players, it's not a given that they win. Yeah. So I, I guess the question then probably loops back to something we talked about earlier. Does a league require a salary cap to stay competitive? From a fan's perspective, yes. Yes. Yeah. I from mean, an owner's standpoint, no. From a player's standpoint, no. They don't want it. The, the owners don't want a floor. The players don't want a cap. I I get it. But, but from a fan's per, per standpoint, yeah. yeah. So then how does that, ultimately, how does that work itself out then? Because as a league, you have a responsibility to continue to grow your fan base. And a growing a fan base equals more revenue. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what you want. So are you nearsighted and say no salary cap we don't care because we want to make our you know we want to make our money now or do you want to continue to make money incrementally for the next 30 years by growing your fan base because each year you're at least able to stay competitive yeah i'll answer that question this way jamie you know what i'm saying yeah i do i hope that the dodgers fail miserably i hope the dodgers Fall on that, fall in the same pit that the Padres did. Mm. You try to circumvent things, you fall into the pit, you get what's coming to you, the right? Rea tar pit. Yes. You know, what I hope succeeds. I really hope this is sustainable. The Baltimore Orioles. Oh yeah. That is a young team, and that that fan base went through hell. One competitive, they drafted well, developed well, and now they've got a good, potentially great young team. I hope it's sustainable. I would rather have that where they did it through drafting, developing, and now those players who played together, a lot of them through the minors, are playing at an elite level. And then you still have more guys like Jackson Holiday. Now you gotta be bad for a while, I get that. And that's tough. But they should have a sustained run now. I'd rather have that than what the Padres did, where they grabbed the headlines for a second, put together a team that is talented and expensive, but still, but doesn't win. I'd rather have the Orioles. What about you, what about you guys? I think that's better for the sport. Well, yeah, it's better for the sport, but is it better for you personally? If I'm an Oriole fan, yeah. yeah but if you're not an Oriole fan, do you care? Uh, do do I? Yeah, I'd rather. But but I I phrased it. I'll be honest. I phrased it the way that I did with the Orioles building the way they did and the Dodgers building I'd rather see the Orioles win. So I phrase it that way. So does it care? Do I care? Yeah, I'm gonna root for the Orioles more so than I'm gonna root for the Phillies, the Dodgers. Okay, so let me ask you this in a different way then. Yeah. When you turn on your T V, mm-hmm. no time change, no zones, all this stuff. Just two baseball games are going on. Yeah. You watching the Dodgers or are you watching the Orioles? <laughs> <laughs> Be honest. Um, I know the answer. Yeah, the answer is the Dodgers. Yeah. I'd be more intrigued by, but I hope I I hope I watch the Orioles. But I hope, but you're not. 
Like, I wonder that's if my I, point. I want, but, but you got Otani, you got Betts, you got Freeman, you got this. Yeah. You got, you're not watching the Orioles unless unless. Okay, I'll tell you why I'm watching the Dodgers. You're right. I'm watching to hope that I'm I'm rooting against them. What about the Astros? But you're right. I'm still watching. But you're still watching. Yeah. What about the Astros? Because the Astros, the way I look at the Baltimore Orioles, why are they good? Is because they sucked for so long. Absolutely. I the mentioned Astros. That. Yeah. Terrible yes. for years, right? Right. From 2005, the moment they lost in the World Series, right. really up until they were back to relevancy mm-hmm. in the American League, no one cared about the Astros. No. But now they're one of the powerhouse teams. So if you ask sure. that same question now, would it be the Astros or the Dodgers? Now we have an actual conversation. But the Orioles right now. Maybe maybe they're not in the conversation now, but if they continue to build, they yeah. could be in that conversation five years from now. I mean, Marsh, save for the trash can thing, which has to kind of you know that that's that's the caveat here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Astros, yeah, the Astros tanked, but at least they tanked in a way that's sustainable. Right, and that's what I'm that's why I'm trying to prove your point with sure. the Orioles. Like right now, it's probably the Dodgers. That's the answer to the question, mm-hmm. but. In five years from now, it could be the Orioles right. because they are a part of the AL East. Let's I'll not forget that. I'll tell you another team I don't mind. I don't mind Mama Rivers Blue Blue Jays. Yeah, they drafted Vlad. They drafted Bo Bichette. They they draft a lot, and then they supplemented. Then they sprung for George Springer. Then they brought in mm-hmm. Kevin Gaussman. Alec Manoa had he had he not flamed out last year, that was, a, that was a homegrown talent that they had. Yeah, to me that that is, it's I mean, it's not about right or wrong. It's just about sustainability are you doing it in a manner that is sustainable or are you doing it in a manner of just like you know what bring bring in Shohei bring in Mookie Betts bring these guys because we can but what's sustainable for one team isn't for another so what the Dodgers are doing is clearly sustainable for them what the Padres are doing is not mm-hmm. right so and I got we got a text here from 314 it says, clearly Jamie's just a casual baseball fan I watch the Orioles before I get to the Dodgers game Okay. One great. I, I hope you love the Orioles. I like the Orioles too. My issue is not with the Orioles. But when you say clearly Jamie's just a casual baseball fan, you're right. I am. I'm a diehard Cardinals fan, but I'm a casual baseball fan. So that's why this is relevant. Because where is the casual baseball fan? Where are their eyeballs going? Are they going to the Orioles game or are they going to Shohei Otani and the Dodgers? The casual baseball fan is watching where the money is. Bottom line. Are you going to watch the Dodgers? Be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Why? Because I want to see if they're any good at all, or if they fail. I want to see what it looks like. Were you interested in the Padres? Yes, I, I got, was. Okay, because I got a bigger. I, I was. Absolutely. I got a bigger point to be made too. I don't know if there is a casual baseball fan. I think that's. I think that's the bigger issue. Well, fine, but mm. if there is, like, the casual baseball fan is not digging into somebody's favorite team. They're digging into their the biggest names, right? Bottom line, I turn on the TV as a casual baseball fan, and I see the Orioles versus the Tigers, mm-hmm. or I see the Dodgers versus whoever. Right. I'm watching the Dodgers. I'm watching the Dodgers. You can make that argument for any sport, though. If you're not hate-watching, then we're done here. Don't you tell can make that argument for any sport. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can. Same with hockey, same with you basketball. You can, for sure. But same, same with football. But this is why the NHL... And some of the, especially NHL, like they always hope that a bigger market hits the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Why More last eyeballs. year? Last year was supposed to be a great matchup. Vegas, Florida. From a hockey standpoint, it was like, this is great. Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers are grinding it out against the mm-hmm. Vegas Golden Knights. The ratings said people didn't care. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if you had the Rangers, the Kings, the Bruins, the Maple Leafs, you put one of the, all of a sudden, they care. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because of the city and because of the names. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Goes back to my Dodgers argument. I hate it. <laughs> hate them. Hate your argument. Uh, and ah, it's not the hill new. I'm dying on. I'm going to hate watch them this year. It's not the hill I'm dying on. It's not saying that, oh, yeah, that's what I just, this is the way it is. Yeah. So Ben Verlander, with you. who uh, <laughs> Justin's brother, Justin's brother, and loves to mention that he is Justin's brother. He tweeted out, "Seems to be a lot of worry out there about competitive balance. Yes, baseball doesn't have a salary cap since 2000. Major League Baseball has had 16 different franchises win a championship. The NFL had 13, NHL has 13, NBA 11." But, but that goes back to my point about what you – okay, so Marsh, I brought this up earlier. Remember when I said the person that, that brings this up is going to bring it up to to back Major League Baseball. There's mm-hmm. parity. No, you're talking about the champion. How many teams repeated their playoff performances? <laughs> yeah. It's such a short so, – short and I bought it too. I bought it hook, yeah, line, and sinker. You swallowed it. So there is a, there's a reply, this uh, Evan Wayne fella – Replies to this tweet and says 13 of those championship teams were top 10 payrolls in the league. 21 of 24 of those teams were in the upper half of league payrolls. The 2003 Marlins are the only team below 18th in overall spending to win it. But I'd be also interested in how many of the same top four teams were there? How many of the same top six teams? I mean, we're always talking about the same damn teams. And then right. somebody in baseball goes, you know, there's a different champion. Yeah, the freaking Astros are in it every year. No, the I, I agree Dodgers with you. Are, Braves, I know. I'm, not, I'm, not yelling, I'm yelling into the ether here. The Dodgers are but in it every single one. year. The Yankees. But there is one outlier. Usually. And they usually win, and then it's like, see, baseball's or, good. Or they get close. Or they get close. you talking about the Cardinal? No. I want- oh, well, clearly, clearly not. No. Yeah. I mean, you have to be close in a yeah. long time. Just get no. in. Just get in, baby. <laughs> Just get in. Just, Just get, in, get baby. in, baby. You never know. Are you sold next on 101 ESPN? We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter. Here's Andrew Marsh with Are You Sold? All right, gentlemen, are you sold? Justin Herbert, he's having season-ending surgery. Are you sold on Brandon Staley coaching his final game with Justin <laughs> Herbert? Yes, I am. Is it over <laughs> for Brandon Staley? Yes, it is. It has to be. Come yep. on. What, uh, what finger did Herbert fracture? I think it was his thumb. Mm-hmm. On his throwing hand? Uh, <laughs> I think he was non-throwing oh. hand at first, and mm-hmm. it might be his throwing hand now. Okay. I think he's got multiple All right. finger issues. Yeah. You're going to see just uh, what this team looks like without Justin Herbert. And uh, there's no way Staley's there anymore. There's no way. Yeah, it's a uh, Bill it's Belichick a is taking over the Chargers. I hope so. Pat McAfee said so. It's I'd like to see it's it. It's got to be true. Yeah, uh, he'll undergo surgery on his broken finger. will miss the remainder of the season. See ya. They also signed Max Duggan off the practice squad, so maybe we'll see the former TCU quarterback quarterbacking your L.A. Chargers. Who? Max Duggan, the quarterback for TCU oh, last Jim's year. Son. Nope. How do you know? 
I know. How? Different spelling? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. How do you spell your Duggan? You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sold. Spell He's done. Jim Duggan. Do you remember him? Yes, I do. <laughs> hacksaw. I absolutely oh. do. <laughs> if this guy comes in the game carrying a two-by-four, we'll know who his dad is, okay? That'd be great. Nobody knows. He just brings it in. Two-by-four. Let's go to work. <laughs> two-by-four? Are you sold that what we're seeing from the Blues isn't the same version of last year's Blues? Well, it's a little early for that, for me. It's a little early. They, they've hit a skid here, but they're still only, what, one point out of a playoff spot, I believe? I believe. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe they're a couple points out now, but I know they're not far out of the playoff picture. So that would lead me to believe that we're not quite there yet. And I don't know ultimately what lies ahead for this team, but I'd like to think that, you know, playoff push is there. They've had some games they should have won that they've given back to the other team. They've had games where they've just given the other team the game in the first period and dominated for two more periods after that. I still think this team's trying to find a consistency that it needs to be successful. Obviously, they're still trying to find it because obviously we still have line combinations and things that are going on that, that keep changing. But looking here right now, equal games played to the Arizona Coyotes. They're one point behind for the second wildcard spot. I'm not sold that this is this this is the team that was that took the ice last year. I mean, there was a, there were dramatic losing streaks. Now they mixed in some winning streaks too, but it didn't feel it didn't feel like at any point they were at, at you know at one point in late December, January that the Blues were going to make this run. I think they had too many issues to overcome, and they and they weren't proving at all. This is I see. I I don't I think the I think the issues aren't as paramount and i think the 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 way that they're playing is more sustainable this year i just think they're they're a fringe playoff team i have them in the playoffs i won't back back down on that back off that but they're a fringe playoff team and this is how fringe playoff teams play you're going to see good stretches and bad stretches in any sport mm-hmm. so no i'm not sold that this is the same team as last year we got a uh, message from the snake pit gator bait says hell yeah 80s wrestling talk junkyard dog was the best junkyard dog that's why i call oscar sunquist it's a junkyard dog love it yeah totally a junkyard dog that guy all right guys are you sold after the shohei otani deferred money that the dodgers sign yamamoto absolutely 100 percent. you think so yeah yeah i mean yamamoto is going to be a dodger he did say he wanted to go to a contending team that had another japanese player uh dodgers i think they checked the box check and check yes yeah it's a layup now i do know the yankees made a big push and so has steve cohen and steve cohen has been known to spend stupid money so maybe he goes stupid money again maybe uh the yankees in recent years have not gone stupid money they've gone fair market value like judge that's I mean it's, that's stupid money but it's kind of what he was going to get right so they i don't paid, know they paid fair market value to keep them yeah so i don't know if the yankees are going to come over top off the top rope with some stupid contract that doesn't make sense i feel like that's not the way the organization's going anymore so for me it's between the mets and the dodgers for yamamoto yeah he's going to be a dodger 100 percent are you sold? This one comes from the 314 on the idea that the Blues should pick up Corey Perry. 
All right, so a couple things here about Corey Perry that we should get out there. One, would he help this team? Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, two, we don't really know what just happened, although Doug Armstrong has given second chances to players and personnel alike in the last handful of years. Jacob Verano was a guy he gave a second chance to. Obviously, he went through the substance abuse program with the NHL, well-documented. Jacob Verano himself talks about it pretty openly. Didn't work out here. He also gave Jim Montgomery a second chance yeah. after having some issues, and Good that call. worked out swimmingly for mm-hmm. both the Blues and now Jim Montgomery. So would would Doug look to maybe entertain a Corey Perry reunion because of the Team Canada days? Maybe. Um, I just don't know if... Stylistically, he might be the player as far as skating and pace, though. I don't know how much he helps the team because he's gritty. He'll get to the front of the net. You know, all those things he'll scrap, and, but he still is slowing your team down with his pace. And that's one thing the Blues right now are trying desperately to do is increase their pace of play. So if I'm out there looking for a player, I want everything that Corey Perry brings to the table, but just a little more speed mm-hmm. along with it. So that's the way I look at it. We got an interesting text from Ron, and then I will pair that with an are you sold, but we got the text in. It says, Jamie, I laugh about these so-called Cardinal fans that want to accuse you of being a casual fan when most of the people I see at Cardinals games have their heads buried in their phones or talking without paying attention. Half of them wouldn't know the pitch count during an at-bat if asked without looking at the scoreboard. 90% of fans are going to games as casual fans while hockey fans only have about 10% that are casual fans. That's once again is from Ron. So are you sold that there are more casual fans in sports now because of the technology in their hands and other distractions during games? Yeah, absolutely. I would say absolutely. Yes. And in fact, I think it's transformed hardcore fans into casual fans in some instances because they're distracted by other things. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, th- I think I think this is as great as these cell phones are. Technology, greatest technology is it has made us uh, more impatient. I think. Oh yeah. We're we're not interested in having the conversations anymore. You're not interested in talking to people. You're just quick text. It's more convenient. You're not interested in watching a full baseball game unfold and appreciating from e- inning one to you know inning nine. You're looking around. We're you know yeah. The flip side of that is every time something good happens. So when you have a Otani season or an Albert Pujols watch for his home runs or anything like that, Aaron Judge, the non-fan becomes a casual fan by default because they're on social media and that's all they see. And all of a sudden they're tuning in at night because like, hey, this dude, I don't really know who this dude is, but he could hit 700 home runs tonight. Right. Good call. You know? Yeah. So it works a little bit both ways. Sure. All right. We have the gauntlet. We we got a gauntlet championship, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. What? Yeah, Yeah, Kevin. Kevin, but I didn't play Kevin. But BT did. I know. BT did, so. We should ask Kevin if he wants to try. That's not fair. No, it's not. I know. All right, Kevin goes for a gauntlet trophy next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 
Time for the gauntlet in the fast lane. 405, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. We welcome back Kevin for the third consecutive show. That means that Kevin has an opportunity to win a gauntlet trophy. What's up, Kevin? Hey, how you guys doing today? A little nervous. We don't want to hand out trophies. We don't like doing that. But, Kevin, you're you're on the doorstep here, my man. I'm, I'm just as nervous as you are, Stalter. I don't know if you saved me for last on purpose or just worked out that way. Either way, you got me today. So good luck, Kevin. All right. Good luck to you, too. Thank you. All right, Anthony, get the heck out of here as Anthony makes his way to the cone of silence. Marshy Marsh has the wheel all queued up. Kevin, you know what to tell Marshy to do. Go ahead. Spin that wheel, Marshy. All right, Kev, you got Anthony. Now, is there something, a category that you want? Uh, I'm fine with anything, but I know Stalter uh, usually gets uh, hockey, and that's what I don't want. Oh, boy. Well, I got good news. It's not hockey. Whew. You're going back-to-back back with random. All right, let's do it. Yeah, this isn't bad, because Anthony, yeah, I don't know what his record is in random, but I don't feel like it's great. Marshy, what do you think? Well, re- we're restarting. Restarting our uh, our stats here, so okay. All right, fine. All right, Kevin. So there's four questions. Each of them are worth two points. If you use the options, answer correctly. Obviously, you get one point for that. And if you get it wrong, well, you get zero points. This is a big deal. This is for a gauntlet trophy. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, bud. Here we go. Category again. Random question number one. Name the actor who played the lead role of Storm Chaser Bill Harding in the 1996 blockbuster movie, Twister. I'm going to need the options for that one. All right. Was it Keanu Reeves, Tim Robbins, or Bill Paxton? I'm going to go with uh, Tim Robbins. Final answer. Question number two. What is the capital of India? The capital of India. Oh, great start. Um, <laughs> let's get the options again. Options are Mumbai, New Delhi. Jamie, you're going to have to help me out with this, with this third Kajurkistan. one. Kajurkistan. Kajurkistan. What was the what was the first one? Mumbai. I have no idea. Let's go um, New Delhi. Finally. All right. Question number three. Who is the mascot for the Frosted Flakes cereal? Uh. Tony the Tiger. Final answer. And question number four. Volleyball made its debut as an official medal sport at the 1964 Olympics. Where were those summer games held? (laughs) Jesus. As well, give me options there, too. Options are Tokyo, Berlin, or Norway. Did you say? Did you say in the question was it summer or winter? Or? Uh, summer, summer Olympics. 
Summer of 64. <laughs> uh, probably not Norway. Um, let's just go Tokyo. Final answer. All right, All Kev. Right. Let's get our guy Anthony in here. Those were See, tough. Yeah. How'd you feel about that, buddy? Oh, I think I got one with uh, that one question, but the other three are up in the air, you know? Yeah. Mm. All right. Anthony's plugging his ears in here, so let's go back to radio do? silence here. What's that? Don't worry about that. How was the cone of silence, Anthony? Uh, lonely. Very lonely. Yeah, Ryder wasn't in there. Uh, does it make you more focused or less focused when there's nothing in there? Less. I feel less pumped up today. Oh. Mm, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's too bad because you better pack a lunch. Your category. Random. Okay. Question number one. What random? Yeah. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Focus. Okay. Question number one. Name the actor who played the lead role of Storm Chaser Bill Harding in the 1996 blockbuster movie Twister. Uh. Hmm. I remember the movie. A lot of tornadoes. Mm. Mm. A lot of twisters. And uh, was it Bill Paxton? Pullman? One of them guys was in it. I don't know what cat character you're talking about, though, so can I get the options, please? Sure. Was it Keanu Reeves, Tim Robbins, or Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton. Final answer. All right. Question number two. What is the capital of India? The capital of India. We were just talking about the other Oh day. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of some places it could be in India. There's a. Uh... You know, let me get the uh, the options, please. Options are Mumbai, New Delhi, or Kajurkistan. Yeah. That one, that last one doesn't sound right. New Delhi sounds right. I'm going to say New Delhi. Final answer. All right, Anthony. Question number three. Who is the mascot for the cereal Frosted Flakes? Tony the Tiger. Final answer. And question number four. Volleyball made its debut as an official medal sport at the 1964 Olympics. Where were those summer games held? <laughs> it's in 19 what? 64? 1964. Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember a lot from that. I remember the volleyball matches, uh, watching them on YouTube. But, um, you know, just for sake of uh, time, Marsh, go ahead. Give for me sure. your options. I want to make sure that uh, I'm not keeping everybody waiting. Options are Tokyo, Berlin, or Norway. Tokyo, Berlin, or Norway? I don't know. Tokyo. Final answer. <laughs> that was tough. All right. Let's go over this. Let's start right there. Let's go with uh, question number four. Volleyball made its debut as an official medal sport at the 1964 Olympics. No doubt. Everybody remembers that. Where were those games held? Kevin, you said Tokyo. Oh, boy. Anthony, you also said Tokyo. Answer is... Guys, it's Tokyo. Oh. But... Ah. You both needed the options. Oh, okay. Ooh. I was about to say. Come one, on. 1-1 one, one after 1. Nice job, uh, Kevin. Next question. 
Go to question two. What is the capital of India? Kevin, you said New Delhi. <laughs> Anthony, you also said New Delhi. Mm -hmm. You used the options. Marshy, what's the answer? It is New Delhi. New Delhi. Kevin also used oh, the options. Okay, here we go. Two, two. Oof. After two. Let's go to question three. This one's, a, this one's a tough one. Who is the mascot for the Frosted Flakes cereal? <laughs> Kevin, you said they're great. Tony the Tiger. Mm -hmm. Anthony, you also said Tony the Tiger. Andrew, answer is. It is Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger. So we are 4-4 four, four after three. So neither of us used it then, obviously? Yeah. Okay. No, no. Right. If you need the options on that one, you lose automatically, okay? <laughs> that's fair. Just stop. I just love that it was dropped in with, you know, 1964 Olympics and yeah. everything else. And then Tony the Tiger. Yeah. You want to make sure you get one. That's you know? true. Yeah. All right. When's the last time you had Frosted Flakes, anyways? Oh, man. I couldn't tell you. It's been a long time. It's been a while for me, too. A yeah. couple of years, but, man, they're good every time. Mm. Well, actually, some say they're great. They are. There you go, All Marsh. right. Let's get to the end of this thing. Okay. <laughs> final question here. Name the actor who played the lead role of Storm Chaser Bill Harding in the 1996 blockbuster movie Twister. You both used the options. You both have different answers. Kevin, you said Tim Robbins. Anthony, you said Bill Paxton. If Anthony is correct, he wins. If Kevin is correct, he wins. If it's Keanu Reeves, we've got a walk-off. Kevin. You have chosen poorly. You lose! <laughs> Anthony got you. It was Bill Paxton with the options for Anthony. He wins 5-4 today in a gauntlet final. Kevin, great job, my man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Good job, Anthony. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Nice job to you, too. That was, that was a tough one, man. We, that was we got, tough. We got uh, all of them combined except for the first one, man. So nice job, Kevin. Thanks for playing. Yeah, yeah no problem. Have a good one. Take you care, too. buddy. Good job, Anthony. Thank I'm you. proud of you. I don't know. Well, I guessed on uh, several of those. I don't know how close I was to just going with, like, Bill Pullman instead of... Yeah. When you started going Bill Paxton and, you know, Bill Pullman, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I was, God. I was here, walking the line. This is where it happens. Right here. Then you took the options. And then, obviously, that was question number one, so I didn't know where you were going to land, yeah. like, later on. You guys literally mimicked each other the rest Except of the way. Except wow. for the first one. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Better be lucky than good sometimes. Great. I don't know who did. I don't know if it was Grant or Bradford that did the questions. If they threw a Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton, that would have been rough. Mm. That would have been awesome, actually. Have you ever played that game, Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton? No, I've never like, played that game. I've played a lot of games, different ones, weird ones, but never We'll talk about those games next. No. Sure. All right. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Joy Vitale will join us at uh, 445. So we'll talk a little uh, Blues hockey with Joe ahead of tonight's game between the Blues and the Red Wings. Let's do what's trending next on. Actually, you know what? No. we got what's... I forgot we're off a little bit earlier today. Yeah, we are. Let's do a sports six pack next. That's terrible, too. Yeah, totally. I'm going to stay on an extra half hour just because. Good for you, Jamie. Absolutely. I'm going to be with you on that. Mm. All right. Yeah. 314-399-9646, the Aircomer Service Tax Line. If you got a question for us, send it there. Our Sports Six Pack is next.
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is now. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions for the Sports Six Pack. Question number one. All right, gentlemen, from the 636, if you had your choice of a sit-down interview with any sports player, regardless of what sport it is, who would it be and what questions would you ask them? Oh, wow. Okay, so, wow, there's so many for me. So, full disclosure, not that I've had a chance to sit down and interview this person, but I... Uh, was friends with him for quite a while and still acquaintances is Dennis Rodman. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was fun. Like, it wasn't like sit down, just ask him questions. It's just in passing, you're talking about different experiences, you know, whether it's cities that you go on the road, uh, parties, bars, clubs, whatever it is that you visit. Maybe there's stories about friends and parties or girls or whatever it is you can it's full disclosure at that point because nobody's around right so that was kind of fun talking to dennis rodman like on a semi-regular basis but if i had a choice to like sit down i think can we pick more than one or does it just have to be one i think it has to be one okay whoa (laughs) my my microphones i asked that because my face i feel like each sport has someone that would be so intriguing for different reasons Mm So, like, for me in basketball, like Magic Johnson, I'd like to sit down unfiltered with Magic Johnson because that guy's lived a life. He has. He was a rock star when it came to basketball, one of the biggest stars in L.A. at that time, including movie stars. Um, He had, he was promiscuous. He had a a lot of those stories. Uh, then he had HIV. How did that work out? How did he play through that? Then he totally changed his life and became this frigging Forbes magazine businessman. Mm-hmm. And now, so he's evolved. So I find that that would be super intriguing for me for basketball. Tiger Woods would be an awesome interview. Let's talk about your childhood, your rise to friggin' Hall of Fame status easily, then your fall. Like, what did that look like? And now you're recapturing and rebranding. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of guys to me. Lawrence Taylor would be somebody I would love to talk to because of him being such a phenomenal football player. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I can pick just one. Mike Tyson. Yeah. So it, it also depends on how much you're willing to give you, right? So if you sit down mm-hmm. with Tiger Woods. It, no, but it, this it, I'm, I'm anticipating this is like where he calls me and says, hey, Riv. I'm ready. Yeah. Unfiltered. Sure. Uh, satellite radio or yeah. podcast. Let's go. So I, I don't think of players. I think of coaches. I, I think Phil Jackson sitting down with him and talking to him, talking to him about the 90s Bulls and then him going. Uh, yeah, but and, all, his stories, all his stories would be stories about other people. I know, but I would get I, I feel like I would get the best of both worlds in that from that st- standpoint. Like, when did you decide to roll with? 
Tex winner in that that triangle offense. And, you know, how different was it managing Kobe and Shaq? And what were they like from his perspective compared to Rodman and Jordan and Pippen? How much, you know? Do you think that's more intriguing than having Shaq on describing his rivalry and his teammate? Kobe Bryant. You yeah. You do? Yeah, but only okay. because I wonder I wonder if so with Jackson, yeah, there'd be bias, but at least there'd be objective bias. Yeah. If I'm talking to a player, I'm only getting that bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not sitting here poking holes into who you're interviewing. Yeah. I'm asking you questions, I'm intrigued. I definitely I, don't poke holes. I think no, uh not an Anthony. I think Phil Jackson I think Phil Jackson would be interesting. Greg Popovich. Um Really? Nick Saban, Belichick. Like I think of coaches. Hey, it, Anthony. Uh, Urban Meyer. I appreciate you having me on. Urban Meyer. Not Urban. I wouldn't. Yeah, Why? I'd, There's I'd, a lot of questions I have about Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that were not covered in that Netflix yeah, documentary, correct. by the way. Correct. Yeah. I, I I think of that. So I'd get I get the sports influence, the X's and O's influence, plus, you know, what's it like to work with certain players? You know, from a baseball standpoint, Tony would be f- Phenomenal. Is this all Terry unfi- unfiltered? That's, that's way, my question. That's Stuff? the way I view it. Because okay. otherwise, an interview with Tiger Woods, Magic Johnson, Phil Jackson is fluff. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, it's just fluff. It's candy. Oh, I really worked hard and battled exactly. through. Exactly. No, you no. gotta. You almost have I to have the reassurance about how you were buckled. You're taking sleeping pills. You were drinking alcohol. You had three side chicks going. Like I want to hear the All story. The same game. And then you were shooting five under par at the Masters the next day. Like <laughs> this is what I want to hear. Right. How? When? Magic Why? Johnson. I don't know. It was a big room. There were a lot of people. <laughs> You know, like that kind of thing. Like, this is what I want to hear. Stuff happens. <laughs> then I went out and shot 45 the next day. Right, didn't think about it. Well, if that's the case, I think you'd probably want to pick someone controversial, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Not even controversial. You'd be successful, but their life has some some peaks and valleys, right? I think mm-hmm. every iconic athlete has situations in their career and in their personal life, one of them got sacrificed. Mm-hmm. There's no perfect t- fairy tale when it comes to being a Hall of Fame athlete yeah. of some kind. There's no perfect fairy I mean, tale. Jordan would be incredible. Well, so that, but then there's so many things to uncover there, right? Like his why dad. Did you, why did you really walk away? Correct. What was it like being sucked down in the Looney Tune town? Or what about places? Uh, well, Anthony's never seen that. Never so that's, seen that. that's oh, like that's talking right. German to Anthony. Right. Are, you see- are you serious? I'm dead serious. I've I never seen it. that was always a joke. No, I've never seen it. And the more people like. great movie. The more I get that reaction, the more Actually, of really. a jerk I am about it. It's just a classic film. No, it isn't. It's not. It's crap. What are you talking about? I haven't seen it, but it's not. Are we talking about Space Jam? Yes. Yeah, it's crap. <laughs> it's got a great <laughs> soundtrack. It's crap. I've done I've done well avoiding it. Yeah. So yeah, thank but you. I will say this. If your kids would like an entertaining sports-ish mm-hmm. movie, it's great. Okay. Killian and Maddie would think it's enjoyable. You would find it somewhat enjoyable. You're not wasting your time. Sure. But for you to specifically sit down to satisfy our listenership, mm-hmm. because you don't do it. Thank you. Not unless there's a lot of makers involved. Yeah. Then, then I won't even remember. Then Twitter Anthony comes alive. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie always appreciates Twitter Anthony when he's Jamie. Jamie's great because Jamie. Anytime I anytime I walk in the office, uh, Jamie already knows whether or not I was I was hitting the makers uh, hard and I stumbled onto Twitter. Oh God, mm. I love it. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'll see like. 
seven mentions in yeah. my like thing. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Somebody like chirp Anthony from like a week ago or a month ago. <laughs> and it's like, I've got a dissertation. You know what I think of you. Got a dissertation going on. It's fantastic. All right, uh, I think we got one question answered, but it was an important question. <laughs> it was though. Yeah, the sport of other questions. I think it's still too. intriguing. Yeah, to talk the, about the sports one pack. Maybe we'll maybe we'll use some of these for tomorrow. I asked for mic drops earlier in the show about the identity of the Cardinals. It took I was I was very long winded with it, my explanation of like what how would you build the identity? I wasn't clear, but we got mic drops anyways because you're fantastic and you saw through my my uh, lack of comprehension on that. So we'll get to your mic drops next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I'm going to have to agree with Skaltz on this one. I think when you look at the postseason, everybody plays good defense. Everybody's got good pitching. And I think in a perfect world, you don't need to go out and hit three home runs in a playoff game to win. It would be nice, but you don't need to do that. What you need to do is prevent the other team from hitting three home runs in a game and making two or three errors in a game. So I'm going to agree with Staltz. I think elite run prevention would probably be the way I would go. One of the smartest mic drops we've ever heard on these airwaves. Michael. Neighbor Dave. Michael nailed it. No, it's not Dave. That Michael Stalter. Check the record. No, there's no Michael Stalter. I mean, maybe there is. It might be like that. You don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. Uh, But I know that Michael is uh, dropping knowledge on everybody, and I appreciate that. Absolutely. Run prevention. You know, at this point, he goes, you you got to prevent. How boring. The, you got to prevent the other team from from hitting three home runs. We'll just watch a turtle race. You know who didn't do that, Jamie? I'm just going to power through here. You know who, who didn't do that? Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw didn't prevent the Diamondbacks from hitting, I think, 12 home runs in the first inning against him. And uh, yeah, but how the Dodgers were, after that? were sunk. See what happened? Yeah, they went on to win the series and then beat the Phillies. Showed them. Yeah. What? Who? <laughs> Run prevention. <sighs> That would be my identity for the Cardinals. Your baseball is so boring. Who the hell wants run prevention? I do. I don't. You know, Cardinals. I think it sucks. Cardinals fans that they don't want that relish. They're tired of in it what too. in what this club used to be. They want it. No, they don't. They want small ball. They want to generate and manufacture runs all over the place. Yeah. Ask anybody. They oh, you could play a little small ball. Play while, ball. while you're doing the run prevention thing, you could play a little small ball. Mm, just bunt that bunt that guy over, Smooth Anthony. Sure. Runner over. Fundamentals. Steal second, bunt him to third, get him home, baby. You win one nothing. <laughs> What's one of the... F- if we're talking in all seriousness, Jamie. Why do I have to be in serious? In all seriousness. Mm. What's the... What is... One game that everybody loves here in St. Louis. Sure, the David Freeze game. Mm. What was first, though? Yeah, the Chris Carpenter one nothing yeah, victory. Damn right it was, five. Marsh. Oh, I hated that game. No, you oh, didn't. You loved it. You're at the edge of your seat. You're at the edge of your seat. It's ah, terrible. It's Carp boring. goes get as long as you give me mm. one run, we're going to be fine. Mm. And guess what? He was an ace. Damn right he was. It's run pre- elite run prevention. Mm. I do like when my teams win. When my favorite teams, when they win like one nothing, two nothing, yeah. hell, three nothing, it's gripping. If they're winning three nothing. 
I'm all about it. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's the lowest scoring indoor game in NFL history. All right, let's. Uh, that was Michael. Let's hear from Bot. Take a weird turn. I would like to see the Cardinals go back to speed, defense, situational hitting, and good, sound pitching. Yes. I know there's a lot of smack talked against pitch to contact, but that's what Dave Duncan did for 16 years when he was here. Chris Carpenter threw a game at Bush Stadium in just over an hour. It was pitch to contact. He didn't even have 100 pitches for a complete game. Speed and defense goes back a long way in Cardinal lore. Would love to see it again. Well said, bud. An hour? I'm not even going to fact check him. Bud, sound, bud sounds like he knows what you're talking about. Sounds like the offense was terrible, too. Hey, you know what? Sometimes <laughs> you get shut down by the other team. Come on, Marsh. Get on board. Just, We're all getting on board. Are we? Yes. Don't you... Elite run, elite run prevention, of course. And then you you get a couple of donkeys in your lineup that can hit a home, that can run into one. Huh. You win most games, one nothing, two nothing, three one. The way baseball is supposed to be played. Oh God, you're boring, Anthony. I just want I I just want them to be able to to runner on second and third with like no outs. Just just get a run in. I That's know. all I care about That's right now. That's what we're talking about. That's just what I want to see. That's what we're talking about, Marsh. We're Just talking get about a good run in. fundamentals. Are we? Yep. That doesn't sound like it. You know, some of us, Jamie, uh-huh. m- might call it boring, but yeah, it's boring. Jamie just doesn't appreciate good baseball. That's not true. And Bud brought up a great point. If we, if, if our it was pitchers good enough for Dave Duncan, it's good enough for me. Go out and shove, and we win seven nothing. What's wrong with that? Well, you can. You want to win one nothing? That's boring. Mm. No. I just want. You literally that, said that. I just Give want that goose. I want that goose egg. That's what I want. Yeah, the I number see. that I care Why more about. Why can't you have fun? I don't care about the seven. I care about the goose egg. I see underlying issues though with the offense. Yeah, you Correct. would, Marsh. And when you need it, it you won't would. be there, Marshy. Yep, exactly. You're right. You know what, guys? It's called trends. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning the a lot National about you guys. Series? Remember that yes. one? Yes. They used all their runs in Game yeah. Five. All that run, and then nothing. Anthony, how about your run prevention there? You had it all right. It was your own team, though. You know who had elite elite run prevention in that series? The Nationals. I know, but... The Nationals, who you, went on to win the World Series. You can't switch your narrative now. Stop. Oh, I'm sticking right with that narrative. I'm yeah. sticking it right in you. No. Yeah. No, you're not, Anthony. Sticking that narrative right on your face. Well, all they had to do was throw the, throw the baseball. I'd rather you didn't. From the mound to... Home plate. That's right. That's all they had to do. It's they didn't, not, have, they didn't to do, have to do anything hey, it wasn't too special. Run prevention. Hey guys, it was just yeah, play pitching. pitch and catch. Pitch and catch. Yeah, let's guys. have a catch. Is what Max Scherzer yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, look, that guy swung and missed. <laughs> hey, you know what? I present. I presented you guys with elite run prevention, winning, winning by shutting down the opposition, and all you guys have looked at it is the offense, and your concerns about the offense. I presented to you guys a winning formula. No, your But you can't see that. You presented us your opinion. You can't see. Look, I'm not blaming you guys. Your opinion isn't a winning solution. I look at the bottle, or the glass, oh, and it's half, see. It's half yeah. full. Yeah, this guy's see, already looking at, at the, the bottle. bottle. It's not even 530 yet. Glass is <laughs> optional. <laughs> Give me the bottle. Hey, you guys are looking at an hour. Is this bottle half full or half empty? 
Let's start it full, I've seen, Anthony. I've seen Anthony finish a bottle <laughs> just over an hour. Oh, yeah. Then he gets the Twitter fingers going. Drink to contact. <laughs> Drink to contact. Oh, that's right. Welcome, Lincoln. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Hey, just got to get in, baby. <laughs> you never just know. Get in. <laughs> Carl's, might, Carl's might be on to something, boys. Joy Vitale next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. Whoa! This is The View from Vitale, brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Tonight, 5.30, pregame Blues and Red Wings. You'll hear from Alex Ferrario. You'll hear from Chris Kerber and our next guest via the 101 ESPN Celebrity Line, Joe Vitale. What's up, Joe? What's up, boys? Doing well. So we won't see our guy David Perron, I guess, huh? That's not great. A little suspension yeah, for Perron here. Yeah, I was going to say, not, uh, not good for David Perron. We were expecting to hopefully see him back back here in St. Louis again. He's been back He's been back before, obviously, but it's always good to see David Perron again. You know, league, the league came down pretty hard on him, and, you know, six-game suspension. And, you know, after looking at that hit again, a pretty, pretty egregious cross-check right to the head, and it's unfortunate for David because you know he's going to miss some games here, and but at the same time, you know, you know, to be fair, he he definitely went over the line. But at the same time, you have to always appreciate, you know, David Brown's passion not only for the game but but sticking up for his teammates. He saw his captain down and he went after a guy and uh, very old school of him. But as they say, you got to pay the piper. Uh, Joey, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but I didn't mind it. I really didn't. You know, it was a a little over the top for today's standard. But what I liked about what David Perron did, unfortunately, he got the wrong guy. Um, He he (laughs) cross-checked the wrong guy in the side of the head. But what I liked about it is it was an uncharacteristic play by a guy for his captain. You know, and guys that are pulling together, sticking up for each other. I think that's lacking sometimes in the NHL now is where teams have guys that aren't supposed to do that job stepping up to defend their teammates. This crossed the line a little bit. It was a six games worthy. I don't think so. But overall, I thought the thought was okay. I'm with you, Jamie. And I think it's the the old blood and probably both of us that it may be maybe a part of that, too is as you watch this Blues team as of late, you, you kind of maybe wish there was a little bit more, maybe not crossing the line like David did, but but something like what Braden Shedden did the other day. You know, I think it, it's just my personality. I mean, this is way off the radar. It really doesn't pertain to anyone personally. But my son's had a hockey tournament in Chicago, Jamal Mayers, Matt Lashoff, there as coaches. And I got a call after the game. You know, Jamie, you were doing the game at Columbus. I was doing the, the studio here in town. And I got a call from from Jamal and Matt, and they said, "Hey, your son may get suspended. He left the bench to start a line brawl." And I'm just like, "What the? <laughs> wow! Chip off the old and, block, uh, baby!" Exactly. And uh, <laughs> apparently, a kid went after our goalie at the final buzzer, and he jumped the bench, Eric Goddard style, and uh, went after a kid. Maybe faced a three game suspension. My son called me crying, and I'm like, "What's the matter? Is it you upset? I'm upset? I'm so proud of you, man! Sticking up for your teammate. You may take a suspension. Oh well, like what what you what you told your team in that moment was, 
hey, no one, no one's going to mess around with you guys. And that, that team right now, you may have to face that suspension, but at the end of the day, they know if you've got to find yourselves in an alley in trouble, they're going to call Harper Vitaly. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing with this. And I, and I use that as an example simply because, you know, what David did, I mean, that can galvanize a group. What Braden Shen did fighting, you know, Reese Johnson the other day, that, that's the type of stuff that can galvanize a group and, and can really turn a season around. And not saying this was the reason the season got turned around, but never forget when Robert Fortuzo and Zach Sanford had a scrap there out at the mills. I think everyone was just so fed up, so fired up. And there was just like a, an, an intense passion to that practice that led to a fight. And everyone had to, you know, make up and kiss and make up and sing kumbaya and all this stuff. But at the same time, there was, there was a lot of passion. And I think at times right now for this Blues team especially, I think there just needs to be a little bit more passion like instilled in this group, somehow pumped into the blood where you have to just be completely unac- – it has to be unacceptable to, to the level of play, the effort of play, uh, the way they're defending, and something's got to turn this thing around. Yeah, Joey, I, c- I couldn't agree more. I said it on the broadcast the other day, to, you know, I love that Braden Shen stepped up. However, I'd like to see it be somebody different from time to time as well because I feel like that is the part that galvanizes the group is when – you know, I've always said when somebody does something that they don't usually do, that usually gets noticed more by teammates. Yeah, I think I heard you on the the post game there, Jamie. I think I think you pl- you laid it out really well, and I remember that as a player. I think you said something along the lines of, "At the end of that intermission, if you had to look your your captain in the eye, I mean that that's a that's a bad feeling where you knew you, your captain had to go to work and and be the one to change the momentum when you have you know." all these other guys on the bench that are completely capable and not only capable, but willing. I mean, you don't have to be a fighter. You know, you, you remember the days where sometimes the, the most transitional fights or the, the fights that have really shifted momentum. They're the ones when Vladimir Tarasenko jumped the guy for hitting Jaden Schwartz. Heck, I remember when Sidney Crosby fought Matt Niskin in Dallas because someone got cheap shot at like that. You don't have to be a fighter. You don't even have to win the fight. I mean, no. fights are so quick these days. They're 10, they're 12 <laughs> seconds. Go in there. There's just Pfizer's. Start just start throwing. <laughs> and you know what? Eventually someone's going to fall down and your, your, your teammates are going to love you for it. Joe Vitale is joining us right now on the Fast Line on 101 at ESPN. Joe, what did you think of the ending for Jacob Verano, who was placed on waivers? And conversely, what do you think of the, the lineup changes, specifically with Pavel, Pavel Vucinevich going to center again? You number one, you know, Jakub Verana, great kid. I, I wish him well. Off the ice, just he's a great personality, you know, but let, let's face it, it's a business, and he wasn't living up to the standard that Craig Berube had for him. I think he came in from Detroit last year. He had a lot of success. He was scoring goals. They had very high expectations for him this year, and, and he just he was underwhelming in a lot of different ways to the point where Craig Berube had to, you know, healthy scratch him. He did it multiple times. The message was clear. We need you to work harder. We need you to be the four-checker. You can't be the one high slot in the weeds waiting for the pass. Sometimes you have to be the aggressor. You have to be the pit bull. You can't just always be the spider on the outside. And, and they told him that repetitively over and over and to the point where the, he was out watching from the Raptors and the message apparently still didn't get through. I thought he really struggled in that Chicago game. I thought you know, because of his you know, little bit lack of effort, I think some goals went into the Blues net you know, directly because of that lack of effort. And I think Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong simply just had enough. So you, you wish him well. You hope that he continues to learn in this process. And, and I wish him uh, all the best as he continues to move on. And I think that's the way the Blues feel about it, too. And, and his replacement now, of course, Pavel Buchnevich, never thought we'd see this, but taking off that Robert Thomas line, looking to spread the wealth across the top six right there. And, and Buchnevich's play center 
He was drafted as a centerman. The New, York, the New York Rangers brought him in as a center. He ended up transitioning to wing shortly after he got to New York. So I think he, he thinks like a centerman. He's, in, he's terrific in the defensive zone, a great 200-foot responsible player, uh, great awareness, great anticipation, everything you need to have, including speed, to be a guy and the driver of a line in the middle of the ice. So it'll be great to see him back in the middle, and, and hopefully they have some magic here tonight. Yeah, I agree, Joe. I, one last question for you, because I kind of, when I looked at the lineup today, I, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I don't like this. I was like perplexed and kind of intrigued because you have a line with the Buchnevich line that doesn't have a true centerman on their line, and then you have the Shen line that has three centermen on it. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts of that? When you look at that right away, like, what? how are you processing that? Well, I mean, listen, I think with the Hayes and the Shen specifically, those two have done very well together. I think I like, I like Kevin Hayes on the wing a little bit better because, keep in mind, you can still use him in the dot for face-offs because he's been the Blues' best face-off guy. That's been clear. You can still use him in the face-off dot, but I think at times Craig Berube hasn't seen enough out of him in the defensive zone. Uh, and as far as, like I mentioned, as a centerman, you have to be the driver of the line. You have to have the one with the speed in the middle of the ice, and you're pushing things back. And I think at times he, he lacks a little bit of that speed. So I do like him back on the wing there a little bit better. Um, you know, of course, then with, with Buchnevich, as I mentioned, you're the responsible 200-foot player. And I think Braden Shen can use a little bit more veteran help back there. I think that, you know, Braden's been around some, some young hockey players. He's been given the responsibility to kind of coax the, the, the younger group and, and the younger uh, generation of the Kairos and the, you know, the Thomases at times and, and, who, and whoever it be, the Jake Neighbors. So I think that right now you're, you're trying to get your captain going a little bit from a production standpoint. So you put him around some veteran players. And, and I believe tonight truly that Craig Berube is really loading up those top three because we're going to see those, those three lines run repetitively, especially early on. I think he's going to try to get into a rhythm of running three. We're subbing in that fourth line every now and then, of course, with Hugh McGain, who I thought was really well, played really well over the weekend. But I think that, you know, there, there lacks a little bit of rhythm right now offensively. And I think the coaches, a lot of times what they do, instead of running four right off the hop, you run three for the first, you know, five, six, seven minutes, get them in the rhythm of the game, and then you start moving in your fourth line. So wouldn't shock me one bit, and I think that's why they kind of loaded up on that Shen line. Joe, good stuff, man. We're looking forward to listening to you tonight on the broadcast uh, alongside Chris Kerber on the Blues Radio Network 101 at ESPN. Have a great call. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, boys. You guys have a great week as well. Thanks, Joe. That's Joe Vitale here on 101 at ESPN. We have What's Trending next in the Fast Lane. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh. And it is time for What's Trending. Jamie, you sent this to me on Twitter, and I found this to be interesting. Miko Rantanen says his three-point performance was a response to criticism from Arturi Lekkonen's dad, Ismo Lekkonen, who is a hockey analyst in Finland. Ismo reported that Miko was not training in the summer like he used to, and this was from Bar Down. And this is what Miko Rantanen had to say about his teammate's father. Just good, you know. And uh, there's actually one thing where I got a lot of extra energy. You know, one of our 
Finnish NHL player's dad was talking about me in the media that I didn't train last summer like I used to do, and, and uh, he was just making making things up. So I think that was that was for him, you know. Uh, if you if you talk, it's gonna come back at you. So. How awkward is that situation? Ooh. So to to describe this properly for some of our listeners who may not understand, this would be like Braden Shen saying that um, Brandon Sod's dad said something on TV about him talking blank about yeah. him. What an awkward locker room right now. Oof. First of all, for Arturi Lekkinen, you're getting on the phone and you're calling your dad and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm an NHL player, but that's Miko Rantanen. Right. I'm not even worried about him beating me up, but the team's going to be like, oh, there's a problem here. One has to go. It's not Rantanen. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. right. The no top kidding. scorer from last year. He might even be leading the team in scoring this year. Dad, what are you doing? Like, as a father, what are you thinking? Yeah, to put your son in that spot, is that's, that's awful. And for his father to think that, He's on Finnish TV, like, ah, nobody will hear about this. It's called the internet, man. And people love watching things. Like, there's a reason Jerry Springer was so popular for a while. Mm -hmm. People love watching the chaos. Jerry, 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 Jerry. So when you have a situation like this, like, I just, man, how awkward. If I'm the team, or if I'm Lekkonen, like, I say, hey, guys, like, the next day, let's have a talk. Like the team here. My dad was wrong. He doesn't speak for me. Yeah. I had a talk with my dad, and uh, we're done here. Yeah. Like, I apologize on his behalf. You got to kind of eat crow a little bit there. Sure. And then, you, you know, hopefully you bro it out and everybody's fine after that. But yeah. awkward, man. Totally yeah, awkward. Cool. Reminds me of the Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr. situation mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Yeah, where Odell's dad was... Sharing oh, yeah. video yeah. of when his son was wide open and Baker didn't throw to him. That's terrible. Awkward. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was on The Drive on 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. He was asked about how he handled the call on Kadarius Tony, and this is what Patrick Mahomes had to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously, can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so I probably regret acting like that. Um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it and. Um, so I, I was uh, I, I was still hot and emotional, um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example uh, and, uh, for for kids watching the game. So uh, that, that that was more upset about that than I was on, about me on the sideline. I'm really I'm really interested to hear what Jamie has to say. He's already got he's already got a look <laughs> on his face. Uh, two quick comments from me. One, Patrick Mahomes. It'd be great if if every athlete's a great role model. It, it, don't let Patrick Mahomes raise your kids. Don't let any any athlete raise your kids. You, you raise your kids. So him talking about, ah, it could be kids watching and stuff like that, that's nice of him to say. Don't be that parent that's like, you know, my kid was watching. Okay, explain to your kid why that wasn't right. Or And it doesn't have to be the Mahomes situation. It could be anything. Right. Raise your own kids. That's number one. So nice that he said it. I'm pushing that aside. Raise your own kids. Second, I like that he brought up the Josh Allen situation. That was awkward. 
That was awkward on the field where it's like, oh, can you believe that? When Josh Allen just won. I like that he mentioned that and he said he, he, he regretted doing that. Okay, so what I don't Jamie, like go. about it is that he didn't say he regretted the Josh Allen thing in particular. He said he regretted because kids could see it. That's what I got out of it. Maybe you can pull the audio back, Marshy. I, if I'm wrong, I actually tr- said I probably will regret it. He actually didn't say that. He like, and he said because you know kids are watching. And no, you don't regret things because kids are watching. You regret things because you realize where you screwed up. Mm-hmm. Because you are the leader of the team, you realize that it wasn't right. Because you're wearing the logo on your helmet, it wasn't right. Like. Not because kids are watching, because there's so much crap that happens in a game where if I go back, if I went back to my career and said, well, I shouldn't have done that because the kids are watching. Well, the kids (laughs) shouldn't be watching me play hockey. (laughs) There's a lot of crap that happened that, duh, I hope the kids weren't watching. I didn't didn't care about that. (laughs) Hope they didn't see me two-hand that guy. Yeah, or Rooster Beak a guy or, you know, all that stuff. So you can't. It's nice to have the awareness that, hey, I'm a role model. Yeah. But be a role model, like, by having good sportsmanship and being a role model off the field and things like that. Sure. In that moment, like, realize that you're a leader of the football club and your teammates are looking for you at that point for leadership. Mm-hmm. What is, do we have it, Marshy? Sorry, I, I had you pull it up. I thought I saw you whittling away, so I didn't want to leave it hanging. I probably regret acting like that, um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it, and um, so I, I was uh, I, I was still hot and emotional. Um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example uh, and, uh, for for kids watching the game. So uh, that, that that was more upset about that than he I was kind about, of, about me on the sideline. He ducks in and out of doing yeah. it the right way. I mean, I'm probably regretting it, I, and maybe from a sports sportsmanship standpoint. Yeah, I like I said yesterday, I don't, I don't. Th- that was that was a pretty tame for him. It, he he reacted, you know, emotionally. Mm. But for me, just kind of breaking it down, playing arm, armchair psychologist, mm. I don't think that he was frost. He was truly frustrated with the fact that Tony Tony was offsides. I think he's truly frustrated subconsciously, yeah, p- potentially that his team is not where it needs to be. And I think everything just boiled yeah, for him. I and, agree. He, and he picked that situation to go off on. He know Petra Mahomes know this. He was outside he was offsides. Stop with the NFL stuff. Like I, I think I think he's I think he's frustrated. I think he should be frustrated, quite frankly. Well he did address that on the drive on six ten sports radio in KC. And he was heated on the sideline. He was asked about that and this is what Patrick Mahomes had to say. I didn't have a great explanation for it. Obviously, I'm not seeing the view from the sideline or anything like that. Um, and I didn't even really know. I heard the call, but from where I was, you couldn't even tell what really happened. And I was trying to get an explanation and didn't really get one. So, um, obviously, uh, I've seen it, seen it now. And um, if, if he didn't, if he if he didn't check and they, they weren't they weren't good, I guess. I mean, it is a foul. It's just something that you just don't you rarely see called in the in, in the NFL. And so. Um, but it was a foul, so I mean, it's uh, it's part of, it's part of playing the game, man. You just learn from it, and part of being a person, man. You learn learn from your mistakes and try to be better the next time. You rarely see it because the wide receiver usually checks <laughs> <laughs> and really checks, not just looks over real quick yeah. and then lines up. I'm good, okay, yeah. and it, it doesn't get uh, verification. So I saw something. Dan Orlovsky had uh, a little breakdown of what 
Kadarius Tony was doing all game long, and he was doing those exact same things. He was lined up on the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. in the neutral zone, and multiple plays throughout that game, they never called that penalty, and he was never really checking with the referee. So in that moment, he was just doing exactly yeah. what he was doing the entire game. Well, I'll say it this way then. He was fortunate that they didn't flag him more. Yeah. I'll say this. What's the coaching staff doing? That's a great question. Every offensive coordinator, not only they have video, they have snapshots mm-hmm. of the line of scrimmage every single time to find out who's cheating on the defensive side, how they're lining up, what formation they had when the blitz came from here. You can see it plain as day with the snapshot of his foot in the wrong spot. Good call. I'm just saying, man. Good call, man. From a yep. coach's standpoint, I would have noticed. But what the hell are you doing here, bro? Yeah. Not great. Anthony, we get the uh, the yearly um, question here said uh, from the 618, Jamie, what is a rooster beak? <laughs> Go ahead, So Jamie. I'll explain it quickly. It's, uh, for me, being a left-handed shot, holding my hockey stick, my right hand would be at the top of the stick. My left hand would be, you know, the bottom hand. And so usually when you go into a scrum in front of the net where everybody's like shoving each other in the chest or near the face, you would let go of your bottom hand so that it's just the top hand with the top of your stick in your hand and, you know, you're shoving. Well, the rooster beak is where you let go of your top hand and then the blade makes its way to be parallel with people's faces and then you just shove them with both hands, but the tip of the stick hits them in the face like a rooster beak. And then they're cut wide open. They don't really know what's going on. The referees are like, what the hell just happened? And you're just skating away. Be like, I don't know. I don't know. What what the the hell? Hell? It's nosebleeds. I think there's a bird in here. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's a rooster beak. Kids, don't do that at home. You know? No. Want to make sure I'm that. setting the right example. Yeah. <laughs> Kids could be listening. Uh, All right. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're off a little early tonight because we got Blues Hockey pregame starting at 530. So we'll wrap things up. Tell you what you missed. Criticisms, compliments next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com, your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talk to you about the Jacob Verana waiver, what the Blues lineup now looks like. Talked a little baseball today. Talked about the Cardinals' identity, what you want, want it to look like moving forward, knowing that they're they're not going to be able to spend like the, the top of the league can. Talked a fair amount of football, especially after last night's Monday night football games. And uh, who knows what else, right? Good stuff. Hey, by the way, speaking of football, uh, it's come to my attention, mainly because Jamie brought it to my attention, that that Moon from 105.7 The Point and the Rizzuto Show keeps saying that we have only we only have seven wins in the Pick'em Challenge. We absolutely have eight. Count them. They won't count, count them. them. They're lazy. That's why they just say things, and then they make us do the work, and then they and call, then they us, call us cheaters. Whatever. We won week one, two, and three. You won week four and five. We won six and seven. That would give us five. We tied in week eight. We won nine, ten, and eleven. And then we won and then we tied in week fourteen. Our wins 
Week one, week two, week three, week six, week seven, week nine, week ten, week eleven. That's, That's eight. eight. They won week four, five, and thirteen. That would be three. We tied week eight and twelve and fourteen. I don't know what to tell you. The numbers don't lie, Anthony. Only the Rizzuto show lies. There you go. It's just it's it's getting embarrassing for Moon specifically. Yeah, I don't know why he keeps going back to that. It's like dying on that hill. And the only reason we keep bringing it up is because the passionate fan base, the weirdos at the Rizzuto show, keep keep poking us. Yeah, who we like, love. Hey, guys. We love them, too. We love you guys. Anybody can go and look look this up, this information up, by the way. But you got to put in the effort. You got you to put, you got to, you got to have the want to, Jamie. Moon doesn't have the effort or the want to. I don't know what to say. No. No, you're right. All right. What do we got for criticisms and compliments? All right. Yeah, we were just talking... Probably should turn my mic. There we go. Got it. Nailed yeah, we it. were just talking about uh, Patrick Mahomes. Got a text from the three one four. Will you guys shut up about Patrick Mahomes already? It's been like two two days straight. All you all you can talk about is Patrick Mahomes crying about the officials. How about you get on those crappy ass officials week after week? They suck, and everyone knows it. And Patrick's not the only one who's pissed off about it and crying. You guys suck. Uh, for the only time we talked about it today was at five o'clock. Go Chiefs. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we do also like listener on listener crime. And Anthony, you brought up the Baltimore game, or or was it Jamie? Jamie brought up Dodgers or Orioles. Yes. Who would you rather watch? And we had a texter saying that they'd rather watch the Orioles. Well, another texter Fire. texted in from the six three six saying that nerd who just texted in has never watched a Baltimore game. <laughs> Dork. Oh come wow. on. Yeah, Jackson Holiday is going to be. A great star there. And when Jackson Holiday becomes a full-time Oriole, guess what? I will be watching for sure. Not but, if the Dodgers are playing, I guess, Jamie. But if Shohei Otani is on the bump or batting cleanup and Mookie Betts and all that, like, no. I'm watching the Dodgers, man. The curiosity alone. I want to watch the Dodgers right now just to see. You make me sick. I don't care. Last one here from the 636. My criticism is this shortened show, but excited for some blues hockey. Yeah, well said. Yeah, we need to bounce back here, blues hockey. <laughs> no doubt. They got I a think Red Wings team that's depleted. Now's the time, boys. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Blues win. 6-3. Six, 6-4. Six, Something like that. What's 7-2? Seven, 7-2. Two. Seven, two. Seven, no, 7-2, I think. Ah, okay. 8-4. I don't want four. Okay. I want under three goals against, Anthony. You want your damn run prevention. I want goal prevention, okay? <laughs> no, now you do. Now you want Yeah, it. but I still said excited. Come on. We get six or seven goals. Jeez. In 12 fights. <laughs> 12 fights. Blues Red Wings pregame <laughs> starting in less than five minutes. We're done here today. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. For Andrew March, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. This has been the Fast Lane. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.